This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey everybody and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, regular season in the rearview mirror and uh, wow, quite a, a cannonball into the deep end of the offseason coming out of yesterday's win over the Seattle Kraken in game number 82 and post-game comments from a number of players, most in particular one Mark Shifley. Um, we're going to get to all of this coming up. Uh, of course, big news on Kevin Shevel Day off the coaching staff. We'll talk about all of that today on the program. And we will hear from Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Paul Stastny, Adam Lowry, maybe a little bit of coach Dave Lowry, who, of course, um, well, may in all likelihood will not be the head coach next year after the announcements today. Um, from Frank Saravelli, Ken Weave and whatnot, but Ken, Kevin Sheveldayoff is, of course, uh, apparently holding a three-year extension going forward and will be the guy making these decisions for the Winnipeg Jets going forward. So we have an absolutely packed show today. We're only going to have one guest, and we'll wait till the second hour of the program so we can get through all of this if you've missed anything uh, over the past 24 hours or so coming out of the season. Um, couple things. First off, Dennis Bayak, congratulations. You're the best. What a great way it was to uh, finish up. He got to go bang, 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 bang in the third period as the Jets came back, winning that uh, 82nd game of the regular season. Uh, an amazing, warm welcome and farewell from Winnipeg Jets fans to Dennis. And a pretty cool scene beforehand as Dennis got to go in and uh, read out the starting lineups to the Winnipeg Jets in his final game as the voice of the Winnipeg Jets on TSN for 11 years. Um, so, Congratulations to Dennis again. I know we spoke about it quite extensively last week when the announcement was made, uh, but definitely a nice way to end the season and uh, end Dennis's incredible tenure here being the voice of Winnipeg Jets hockey to fans in Winnipeg and around the world. Also do want to give a big thank you to the incredible people over at the D Las Vegas and Circa uh, for the amazing hospitality last week. Great to see some Winnipeggers that dropped by as well. That was a, a nice, uh, a nice surprise. Uh, but it is great to be back. A little jet lag still on West Coast time. Uh, but holy smokes, we've got a lot to get to right out of the gate. And uh, speaking about the gate, before I bring Michael Remus in, a big thanks to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen. Great to have Assiniboia Downs back on board with us. We'll get ready for the Kentucky Derby on the weekend with our pal Kirk Contois later on this week. Live racing starting at the end of the month. We'll fill you in on the exciting upcoming season for Assiniboia Downs all summer long here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, as well as Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Wallace and Wallace, F Apparel, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend Country Club, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course our betting partners over at Cool Bet Canada. Oh yeah, speaking of Cool Bet, the playoffs start tonight. We will touch on that later on. We'll have plenty of time to talk playoffs as we get in. Today's show will be dominated by the season that was, what we learned at the end of yesterday's game from a number of players, particularly Mark Shifley, and of course how this organization moves forward coaching-wise as well as player movement in what will certainly be the most intriguing offseason we've seen in 11 years since the Jets came here from Atlanta. Let's get Michael Remus in here and start things off. 
Remo, great to be back. How are you? Great job holding down the fort last week. And uh, I know you sort of took my spot being uh, a regular at the games over the weekend. Um, hey, you know what? Nice win over Calgary. Fun way to finish the season with the three-goal comeback in the third period. But uh, I have a feeling we're not going to be spending too much time talking about the games on the weekend, considering everything that's happening around this club. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, Friday night, I went as a fan. And uh, I thought it was a great atmosphere on Friday, considering the game was, you know, the standings have already been decided. There was some intensity, you know, Calgary getting into it with the Jets, a lot of post-whistle stuff, Matthew Kachuk. Um, we didn't, this hasn't really been touched on, but Morrissey sticked Matthew Kachuk in the face early on. And then in the third period, Matthew Kachuk, I think unintentionally, but intentionally got Morrissey back. I found that interesting. A guy who knows how to make make it look like an accident. But the Jets won. Dan Vladar was excellent. By the way, it uh, shouldn't have mattered. It was an accident. I don't know how he didn't get a penalty on oh, that. Oh, they but showed that's... it on the uh, they showed it on the screen. It was crazy. But I think I mean no player one hands that. I mean he was clear what he was trying to do. And if there's any doubt about the injury on Mark Shifley a couple years ago in the playoffs, whether it was unintentionally, intentionally, I mean that's a guy who knows how to make a you know, an infraction against a player look like an accident when he knows what he's what he's doing. Having said that, he did help me win my fantasy league on Friday with that goal. So, oh, congratulations! Uh, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big Kachuk guy now. Um, Sunday, you know, yesterday's game, we'll get into it. I mean, the second period was was awful. They came back and they went bang, bang, bang in the third period, and uh, it was a great a great atmosphere. The standing ovation for Dennis was well deserved and excellent. It was. Um, you know, it was a nice send-off, you know, for the season that was extremely disappointing. And here we are. We're done talking about the games that were played. Uh, the last yeah. 24, I was going to say, over the last 24 hours, if you like reality TV and storylines and drama, there has been no better reality show than the Winnipeg Jets. Um, well, the last 24 hours for sure, but even over the last uh, couple couple of years, but most notably... Um, what do we have? Shifley's comments that everyone's talking about leading off 32 thoughts, um, you know, the coaching staff, the GM extension. There is a lot, a lot to get to here. Okay. Well, well, let's get to it right away because I mean, I think the Mark Shifley conversation um, and, and Hey, regulars and shout out to everyone that's with us. I know we got a big bump in uh, people right here at the beginning of the show. Thanks for being with us. We're here each and every day, one o'clock central on YouTube. If you haven't joined us before hit that red subscribe button, uh, there's going to be no shortage of content and topics to get to for this Winnipeg Jets off season. Uh, and of course, welcome to everyone that's listening on the podcast a little bit later on today. Um, Anyone that's been regular around this program knows that, and I tweeted this out as much yesterday. I mean, I couldn't, I was not surprised at all to hear what Mark Shifley said. Uh, it seemed like something had gone wrong in particular with that player and this team a long time ago. I think it had a really negative effect on this hockey club. Um, and and my opinion, and we'll hear from it, sounded like a guy, and I know Kevin Sheveldayoff didn't want to say that he had asked for a trade, but uh, that sounded like, how do you ask for a trade without asking for a trade? Well, we'll hear here in a minute from Mark Shifley. Um, but outside of that, there has been some big news. I mean, Mark, uh, first of all, Ken Weave announcing that Kevin Chevalier was back on a three-year extension. And Rimo, I texted this to you yesterday. I mean, just knowing how the Jets work, and this goes back to Paul Maurice in the past. I mean, I had said that I didn't expect Chevy to be out. Um, I think it was pretty clear, um, you know, with what had happened over the course of this season, back in the aftermath of the Blackhawks scandal, um, that, you know, I think that David Poyle, uh, David Poyle's 
tenure in Nashville is sort of what the Winnipeg Jets have built their organization on, and that is stability at the general manager position. And some people will like it, some people will hate it, uh, but I'm not surprised at all that Kevin Chevalier is the guy moving forward. Uh, but Ken Weeb, shout out to Weaver, did report yesterday in a sportsnet.ca article uh, that Kevin Sheveldayoff has a three-year extension. Um, to be honest, I would imagine that this has probably been done for a while. Um, you know, it's been sitting in a sitting in a, a drawer, a signed contract, and you know, obviously at the end of the season, uh, with what we're going to get to involving the coaching staff and the players, um, there were many questions as to who was going to be calling the shots and running this ship. Um, that's not changing right now. And uh, if anything, the announcement or the leak of that to Ken that Chevaldeoff has the uh, has the uh, the extension because there hasn't been any formal announcement. Yeah. She- Chevy did acknowledge it um, off the top. I know that you were yeah. doing lock, lock shop. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I knew that he did, but just the fact that that came out yesterday and the way that it oh. did, um, it was more like, hey, um, if you're wondering uh, about it, and, and to be honest, if you were going to make a change of general manager, now would maybe be the worst time to possibly do that. There is so much going on right now for the Winnipeg Jets to get ahead of these things. Uh, well, frankly, I think they're already behind a few of these things, as we'll talk about, but um, starting a general manager search at this point with everything going around the hockey club would be uh, in my opinion, would be maybe the worst possible time to do it. So uh, I'm not surprised, but what this does is, at least for the media and many people asking the question, hey, you don't need to ask it anymore. Kevin Sheveldayoff's running the show going forward. However, today, Remus, we did learn, uh, I believe, and if I'm wrong, uh, I know the uh, insiders and everyone that breaks these stories always likes proper credit. I think it was Frank Saravelli that made the first announcement. It was confirmed later on by Kevin Sheveldayoff that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be conducting a a full search for a head coach. Um, Dave Lowry, as Kevin Sheveldayoff mentioned, will has earned the right, I guess, to technically apply for it. But um, it certainly sounds like with the exception of Wade Flaherty, who, um, you know, obviously has got a great relationship with Connor Hellebuck and Eric Comrie, um, that the coach, head coach and coaching staff We'll all be applying for jobs in the offseason. I think it's reasonable to assume that um, the entire head coaching staff is going to look different, uh, which is significant because even when Paul Maurice came in and then Dave Lowry took over from Paul Maurice's long uh, tenure, um, you know, Charlie Huddy's been here since day one. Jamie Compon's been here for a long time. Uh, there certainly was an appetite from people on this program to see a significant shakeup within the organization. If it's not happening with the general manager, it absolutely would be happening with the coaching staff. And we got some clarity today to that, that a full search is on. And um, in all likelihood, barring Dave Lowry being able to go into a meeting and convince Kevin Sheveldayoff and Mark Chipman that he is the guy that can make the difference and turn this thing around, which, I mean, considering the season that we've just seen, I think is highly unlikely. There will be a new bench boss and a new coaching staff, which I think is something that people also wanted to hear. Uh, It's hard to look at what happened this season and make the case that, I mean, anything to do with the way that this team has been run on the bench is something that should continue going forward. And it's also uh, a very important but big opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets to bring in a new boss behind the bench, a new culture carrier, if you will, and get this thing turned around after a, a miserable and disappointing season, as we've heard from players over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and so I'll start with the Shevel Dayoff extension. I have to admit, I was uh, a bit surprised to see that he was given three years. I think he's been here for 10, 11 years now, and 
you know, the team's been in a bit of a free fall since 2019. Um, so, you know, with that, it's odd in sports to see that kind of longevity without, without a championship. And he was asked that, uh, asked that today. However, we, I think we all agreed, and you know, when the Jets need tinkering, he's been able to do that, whether it's at trade deadlines. And we had called the Jets the offseason champions and simply weren't able to execute the game plan, which is if they were going to bring Day off back on the flip side, it does make sense to come back with a brand new coaching staff. Now, Sheveldayoff said today that, you know, he didn't say he was, he didn't admit that he was firing them, but he basically said they're going to have to interview uh, for their job, but they're going to look, go for a new direction. I mean, the penalty kill has been in consistently in the bottom third of the league. Um, you know, they consistently the last couple of years have been giving up, you know, more slot shots than any other team. So they're going to need to look at some of their strategies, why that is, and fix that. And, you know, the power play, you know, is, is very hot and cold and sometimes looks pretty stagnant, almost uh, deflating uh, to the team. So, um, you know, we saw that today, Frank, with the, with the announcement that. But the big bombshell uh, was Mark Shifley yesterday, his comments. I don't want to say, well, they were, I don't want to say breaking the internet, but they were trending. Uh, he was trending on Twitter. And as I, you know, twit, you know, Tim and friends are tweeting out the video, TSN posting the video. Uh, you know, when you talk about off-season trade targets, I mean, I don't know if Frank Cervelli has his list out, but you have to think uh, he's certainly up there. And it was, we have the clips ready, Huss. But to hear a player with two years left on his deal <laughs> to say he has to talk with his family and his agent about what's best for him. I, 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 does any, do you ever hear that? Like, what does he need to talk about? You know, here, we can go to the clips. You want to, you want to, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get to that. Um, and, and the one thing I'll say is that, um, that, and I guess I mentioned this before. I mean, regular listeners and people that have been with us for a long time here know that we've been talking about this possibility since I originally brought it up in November. And in November, it was that, uh, you know what? I don't think Mark, Sh like Mark Shifley for a long time was the franchise. He was the franchise player. I mean, in a lot of ways, everything had been built around Mark Shifley. Everything had been done to allow him to succeed. Uh, it had, you know, he was, you know, a guy with a letter on his chest. He was the number one center. He was the guy that took the majority of the ice time. And to be honest, I mean, I think he was protected by the organization. I think he was coddled to some extent. And I'll say this. I mean, I heard some people saying that, you know, he'd been shit on by the media. I think Mark Shifley has been as, um, you know, has been treated with kid gloves for a long, long time in this city. And it wasn't until some of the things that had been happening with this team were so bloody obvious to anyone that pays attention to the club that you started hearing these rumblings that we'd been talking about on this show for the better part of the last six months. So... I wasn't surprised yesterday. I think something had gone rotten with this club and in particular with Shifley a long time ago, but it was incredible to hear how different the comments were from a guy that's supposed to be the leader and a guy that was in a lot of ways anointed the franchise player to so many other players from, uh, from the Winnipeg Jets yesterday. So we will start off with Shifley. Hey, before we do that, uh, I do want to... Give a big thanks to our friends at Wallace & Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists. Uh, you've been serving residential and commercial customers since 1946. If you need the security and protection of a new fence or if Winter's done a number on your old one, give them a call. They do have an all-vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've also got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. 
Uh, give them a call at 452-2700. Ben, Charles, Mark, great guys there. The experts at Wallace Wallace will arrange a time to come and give you a free estimate. And you can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off Keniston. Um, hey, I'm really looking forward to being uh, uh, co-hosting the uh, Rady Dinner coming up next month with our old pal Matt Libel. We'll talk more about that in the coming months. But that is a perfect example of a time where you need to suit it up a little bit. And uh, if you're looking for a suit for weather at events like that, weddings, graduations, and more, F Apparel is the leader in custom suits for men. A great locally owned business downtown at 190 Smith Street with a full line of custom clothing for any occasion. Uh, but most importantly, those beautiful suits that you need at least one that fits and looks great. And of course, F's custom-made suits start at just 400 bucks. They are the top choice in Winnipeg for wedding and grad suits. Wedding parties get 15% off when the group buys their suits from F. And they've got all the latest styles and summer fabrics in right now, over 250 to choose from. So you can find out more online at F. That's ephapparel.com. Or go down and see Andrew and the gang at um at 190 smith street and uh you know our friends at vita health had that big event on friday it was customer appreciation day and now they are in to may and uh, vita health always has great prices on winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements beauty products and groceries and don't forget about mom this weekend shop one of our seven locations to find mom the perfect mother's day gift and if you can't make it into the store Visit their brand new fully shoppable website to buy online or schedule a delivery with Instacart. And if you're popping in, check out their amazing, delicious lunch options like healthy Vita Market soups, salads, sandwiches, and more. That falafel salad is especially tasty. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. All right, let's start it off with Mark Shifley. And as always, welcome to all comments. In the chat, give Shife a marvel. We're not doing a marble race today, Jay, but if we were, maybe on Friday, one final farewell marble race. If uh, if you took what we heard yesterday, um, what you heard yesterday the way I did, and that was in all likelihood the end of the road for one Mark Shifley. Um, first off, Remo, let's go to 11 first, because I think there was some question about, you know, what was going on. Uh, Mark Shifley did come back and skate a couple times at the end of the season. But as I mentioned on the day after the Ottawa game, the first thing that I said to the guys I was watching when Mark Shifley went off is I wonder or if that is the final time we see Mark Shifley skating as a Winnipeg Jet. And Shifley was asked about, um, you know, how close he was to returning at the end of the season. Yeah, I, you know, I would have been back for playoffs for sure. Um, I feel feel pretty good I'm on pretty I'm, I'm almost pretty close to 100% you know I didn't really do any any contact so I can't really can't really give you an answer but you know I feel I feel good um, you know I was happy to get on the ice a couple times before the end of the year and and skate with the guys so that was uh, a little bit of my motivation and um, yeah in that sense then does it sting even more that the season's over now because you're gearing up for a potential return but nothing to return for right yeah um yeah, obviously that, you know, my, my focus was just to get healthy. You know, I tried not to think about all the other stuff. I, my focus was just to, you know, get the right treatment, you know, go see my team and, and, and get healthy as quick as possible and make sure I'm doing the right things and make sure it's healing properly. And um, I did that. 
All right, so uh, there was Mark Shifley. And I guess in the contest of everything else that we're going to hear, I mean, it almost was... Um, I mean, it certainly it was a, a note to everybody else that, hey, the injury wasn't a big deal. This is going to be a guy that will be healthy next year wherever uh, wherever he was playing. Um, so he spoke about, you know, how close he was to returning uh, and then was asked about the third straight season with the disappointing ending. Of course, in the bubble, it was the injury to Matthew Kachuk. And last season in the second round of the playoffs, the infamous hit that changed the series against the Montreal Canadiens against Jake Evans. And uh, this year... It was um, sitting out the final eight games of the season as his team played out the stretch, not going to the playoffs. Here's Shifley on ending the season the way he did again. That's hockey, you know. You, uh, you got to deal with that some of that stuff. And, you know, that, that adversity, that, those tough times, you know, have to make you stronger. If you, if you get negative about it, if you, if you dwell on it too long, um, you know, it's only going to weigh you down. So you have to, you know, you have to... You have to reflect. You have to, um, you know, think about, uh, you know, the good things, the bad things, you know, the things you want to fix, and and go into the summer and and try to come back a better a better person, a better player next year. And that's kind of the that kind of has to be the focus. All right. So uh, there's a little bit more from Mark Shifley. Now, um, it, it, this is where it gets interesting. Um, and we've talked a lot about accountability. Uh, we've certainly heard that from a number of players so far this year. Um, maybe it was a little different considering Shifley had missed the last two, three weeks of the season. Um, but an incredibly different tone to the Mark Shifley comments as opposed to most of his teammates with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, number 14, Reem, let's go with this one. Shifley was asked if he could describe where things started to go wrong. You know, I think it's hard to really pinpoint one one specific time. It was just kind of, you know, little 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 bad spurts that you know turned into end up being, you know, monumental things to to overcome. And um, it's one of those, you know, years that you know you you kind of look back on, and some of it's a blur, some of it's really clear. And um, you know, it's definitely a year I I I'll try to forget a little bit. It was a it was a it was a tough one, and. Um, you know, from a lot of things, COVID injuries, you know, a coach leaving, a new coach coming in, all the, you know, all that stuff, um, you know, losing, yeah, Olympics, I forgot about that already, so, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it was, a, it, was, it was a tough year, COVID, all that, all that stuff, it's, it's, it's one of those years that, you know, it sucked, and, you know, it's a, it's a crappy ending, but, you know, like I said before, you can't dwell on it too long, you gotta, you gotta reflect, and, and, uh, you know, think about, you know, the good and the bad and, and the ugly and, and, and come back better next year. All right. So uh, there's Mark Scheifele where things went wrong, you know, didn't really, you know, said there was a lot of things, one of the things that all the other teams in the league dealt with, um, you know, were sort of mentioned, but you know, nothing really pinpointed, but the Olympics co comment was interesting. And I mean, part of the reason why, uh, listen, I was on a Shifley over prop for the year and, you know, he did end up, you know, scoring at over a point a game pace, um, you know, credit where creditors do 70 points in 67 games, um, you know, did miss 15, but, um, and he mentioned he didn't like his first half of the season uh, and thought that he was playing better later on in the year. Um, I think the reason why many of us, myself included, thought that he was primed to have his best season ever was that competition to you know be a member of Canadian uh, Canada's Olympic team, and to be honest, that was why the first part of the season was so disappointing. 
I mean, anyone that was watching Mark Shifley, uh, and I know he had COVID early on. He said that he wasn't really himself till about uh, till about Christmas. Um, and again, this is the sort of the first time we've heard that. So you know, maybe he was dealing with more than he let on or we knew of. The bottom line was he was playing himself off that team as opposed to strengthening his case to be a member of Canada's Olympic team. Um, and Shifley was asked, uh, this is 15 Remus, if uh, he felt pressure from the Olympics um, going into uh, into the Christmas break. I wouldn't say. I, I, probably did, I, I probably didn't feel really like myself probably until, you know, after Christmas, I would say. Um, you know, maybe even a little after. Um, you know, COVID, you know, some bumps and some bruises and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, like my game early on in the year. Um, you know, I felt like I started to find it. Uh, in the last couple of months, kind of since the since the All Star break, so um, you know I was obviously happy with happy with that, and and something that I can, you know, you know, figure out what what, what was what wasn't going at the beginning and what was going towards the end, and um, you know it's something that I can I can learn from, I can I can get better from, and that's kind of you know how I'm looking at it. Uh, all right, the other big topic that was talked, and we'll get to the bomb in a minute. We'll sort of finish with the uh, with the main event. I mean, a lot of it was leading up to you know what we uh, what we've all been talking about. Coaching change. I mean, Blake Wheeler had mentioned earlier at the end of the season he'd probably have a little bit more to say on that, and we'll get to Blake. Um, but Mark Shifley <clears throat> as well, a guy that you know had basically been um, glued to Mark. You know, he was Paul Maurice's guy for a long time. And, you know, many of us thought that, you know, maybe to the detriment of the team. Um, so it was logical that people would ask about Mark Shifley as to how he reacted to, uh, the, uh, resignation of Paul Maurice just before Christmas. Yeah, it was, it was tough. I, it was, it was tough for a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys, you know, I think pretty much every guy, unless they came from a different team, you know, only only knew Paul. You know, that was kind of all we knew. And um, you know, for that to happen, you know, kind of before Christmas was was tough and tough on a lot of guys. And um, you know, something you're, you know, you can't really prepare for unless it actually happens. And then it happens, and you know, you kind of don't know how to react. And I think you know, a lot of guys feel that way. All right, and that was something that we heard from a number of players. I mean, it did it did, did seem right now, and I guess. You know, those of us on the outside watching the way the team was playing, uh, you know, considering the tenure of Paul Maurice, the way the team started, and then some of the, the the ugly losses, especially on home ice. I mean, it was pretty clear that, you know, that was untenable going forward and something needed to change. Now, you know, many people thought that Maurice might get fired. And I know that was touched on later or later on today, and we'll get to it with Kevin Sheveldayoff. Uh, but that did not happen. Um, many walked away. And, you know, Dave Lowry moved over from the assistant coach's job, you know, in the morning into the afternoon being on the, on, on the bench. And obviously everyone's quite well aware that the results didn't, didn't follow. Um, but at this point, things got really interesting. Um, you know, those were questions about the season. And, you know, again, like often we didn't get a, a ton. The final two clips that we're playing were what was, well, why Shifley's still trending on Twitter right now, why we're going to be talking about this situation probably until there's some sort of clarity at some point uh, during this offseason. Um, but number 17, Rim, uh, Rim um, you know, asking him if he wants to be in Winnipeg and what he sees for his future. You know, obviously, I, I love it here. You know, it's been the only place I know. Uh... You know, I obviously think there's a lot of a lot of big questions to be asked this off season. Um, 
you know, about where the team's going and, and what's all going to happen. And that'll, you know, happen, happen tomorrow. And, you know, I'd love to be in Winnipeg, but, you know, I also have to see where this is all going and what, where, what direction this team's going in. And I guess we'll see this summer. Well, that was a bit of a jaw dropper. I think everyone say, well, we're going to have to see how things going. It's important to note, um, and, and it, the, 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 comparing the comments of Shifley and Stassen yesterday, I mean, if you, had, if you had brought someone in and said, you know, that follows sports but didn't know this team and played the comments of Paul Stastny beside the comments of Mark Shifley and said, which of, the guy, which of these two guys do you think is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season? And which guy has two years left on his deal uh, without any ability to renegotiate anything or without any real control? I guarantee you 95% of the people would say Paul Stastny sounded like the guy that was on this team long term or that was coming back uh, as opposed to Mark Shifley. And it all led to the final question. And folks, while you're playing this, why don't you give us in your chat your first reaction to what you heard from Mark Shifley, no matter what side of this debate if you want to call it that what your thoughts were going forward what you thought and if you're with us on youtube hit us up with your with your comments as to your reaction when you heard this mark shifley on what he wants to hear in his exit meeting today with the winnipeg jet i think i just have to know uh i just have to understand where this team's going um you know i'm in the i'm in the prime of my career um you know i i still you know, I still like I have. I still have so much to improve on too, and um, and I, I I like where my game's at. I like you know the you know the physical nature that my that my body's at, and I think I'm I'm only improving. I'm only getting better. I'm only gonna be a better player next year than I was this year, and um, I just have to know where this team's going and what the direction is, and you know what the what the changes are what the changes are going to be if if any, and um, you know I have to think about my career and my you know, what's going to be best for me. And I think those are going to be, I'm going to have to, have, you know, talk to my agents and, and everyone in my family and stuff like that and figure out what, what I really want. And so it'll be a tough talk tomorrow. It'll be a tough talk tomorrow. Um, I'll tell you what I thought right away. Uh, I thought that it, it was maybe even um, more clear. And again, I tweeted this out yesterday. Anyone that's been paying attention to this team, um, listening to what the players have said, although we've heard almost very little from Mark Shifley, um, especially for a guy that, you know, was a leader of this team, the assistant captain strapped to the hip with Blake Wheelers, the, the leaders of this club, the culture carriers, if you want. I mean, that sounded to me like a guy that had checked out a long time ago. And when you say, oh, it's going to be some really tough situations. I mean, this is sort of like what I said before, Remus. I mean, that sounded like a guy that's saying, I'm asking for a trade without asking for a trade. Um, it was just the first time it had been so obvious to us in front of a microphone. Um, but to be honest with you, this level of engagement at, at times this year, um, I think spoke to exactly that, um, on the ice. Um, I think that Mark Shifley's on off ice demeanor and on ice demeanor at times has been going in the wrong direction for a long time. Uh, tons of people have asked me after that tweet yesterday, when did this happen? Um, some people say it's the coaching change. Some people say, oh, it has to do with the Montreal media and the aftermath of the hit on Jake Evans. I think this has started a long, long time ago. Um, and I've mentioned this and I've quoted this a number of times. Think back to the exit meetings three years ago 
at the end of the 2019 season after the loss to St. Louis. I mean, I think it was pretty clear something had gone rotten with this club at that time. And, you know, whether there's all sorts of speculation that this was a big part of why Patrick Line is no longer a member of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, you know, there was too many, um, too many guys uh, that were, you know, star players, if you will, coming in. And there wasn't enough oxygen in the room. And the Winnipeg Jets ended up, you know, making their decision. And, you know, unfortunately, if it does come down to this and Mark Shifley, I, I just say this personally. If these signs were there that this was going to happen, um, you wonder if you could pump the true serum into some of the key players, particularly Kevin Sheveldayoff. You wonder if they don't wish that they had maybe come to some realizations, some hard realizations earlier, and how maybe things would have gone differently. Because I, for one, think that all of this is tied together. Patrick Laine leaving, uh, bringing in Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, and now to the point that, you know, Mark Shifley is saying everything that you would expect from a player that doesn't want to be here uh, and, you know, is looking for a change of scenery. And to be honest, I mean, as much as we've kind of focused on this from a team perspective, and, you know, I've been speculating that for a while he was no longer untouchable. When you look at the contracts of this team, the deal that probably makes the most sense to a significant change to the core to, you know, you know, rising up some of the other players that are ready to become the real leaders of this team. Um, I think all of that makes sense now, but to be honest, maybe if this had come earlier, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're that we're at right now because this team is still very talented. This team still has big league players, guys that can score goals, and one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. I and mean, we'll talk about the defensive systems and the way the defense played, and a lot of that goes to Charlie Huddy and Dave Lowry and back to Paul Maurice. But talent-wise, the talent is there, and that's what's made this that much more frustrating, I think, to everyone watching as it's happened. But I don't think this is that surprising to anybody. Uh, maybe it was surprising in the way it was so forward that Mark Shifley actually said something. Uh, but it's clear that all is not rosy, especially with the guy that Paul Marie's family famously said at some point they'd be building a statue at one point. Remo, fill me in on uh, your reaction to uh, what you thought when you heard those statements, especially that last one, which was the uh, the money shot, if you will, amongst everything we heard from Schneif yesterday. I was pretty surprised. Um, you know, you know a guy who's a A, he's got an assistant captain, he's got two years left on his contract. You would think the easy answer would be, um, I want, you know, I'm signed here for two years. I know it was a tough year. We're going to try to figure it out. But to hear someone you know, with that position on the team, say, I need to talk to my family and my agent. I mean, what is he talking to them about? Um, I understand wanting to know the direction of the team and being concerned. Uh, that could be meaning who the coach is going to be. But, you know, you hear Paul Stasny, as you said, and we'll get to that, talk about accountability. And uh, everyone in chat is pointing out, Shafley saying a lot of me, me, me comments. Um, I think you should be concerned. And then I started thinking about, you know, Shafley's really had, uh, we mentioned it, um, tough ends of season. You know, uh, we had in the bubble, the injury last year was the uh, hit on Jake Evans, and he had that press conference. And then this year, this one. And then all, even after 2019, a lot of people were talking about just his demeanor during the press conference uh, with Blake Wheeler. But yeah, last... he sulked for 10 minutes and let Wheeler answer every question. Yeah. I mean, it was the worst body language I can remember maybe at any point of any player in the 11 years. 
for a guy that's supposed to be maybe the key guy to moving things forward to see him there i mean it was obvious that something went wrong and listen i know there's a lot of criticism and i have a bunch of it too for them not understanding and realizing this earlier and doing some, something about it earlier and that certainly falls on the general manager and the organization but I also think that they truly did believe that Mark Shifley was a guy that they could get back to the level that he played the, um, you know, in 2017-18 when, you know, he scored 14 goals in 17 playoff games and was one of the biggest reasons why the Jets had their greatest success so far in the National Hockey League. Um, you add in the nature of this organization to try to stay the course they believed in mark shifley from the day one that they traded him and um it's easy for me to sit here and say read the room and for those of us that watch the team every day going something's not right they've got more information than any of us do as to what's happening and i'm sure they work very hard to try to alleviate that but i don't know remus it's hard it was our hard i think for anyone even the staunchest um, you know, even the guys that have been giving me a hard time for even talking about, you know, maybe they have to make a move, a significant move in, in trading Mark Shifley. Pretty hard to look at that yesterday and think that this is a guy that's committed to this team. Um, you know, for all the other guys that have been talking about the team, and we've heard it a million times, that was the most self-set. Uh, th that was all about him, his personal situation. And I get it. It's, te it's, it's team sports, uh, professional sports. And you want to be in a good situation for yourself going forward. Um, he's got a contract. He is part of this team right now. And the accountability that we heard everywhere else amongst this dressing room in interview after interview over the last little while was completely absent yesterday. And there was nothing about the team, as it were. About, it's about what the team is going to be doing for him. And um, I don't know, from my opinion, I think if anyone that was even on the fence got a got a pretty good dose of reality yesterday in what in all likelihood could very well be Mark Shifley's final comments as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. When you start with it, I like it here in Winnipeg, but, <laughs> and you know, you hear the me, me, me uh, comments about him being in his prime, uh, you know, what's best for him. I thought it was a bit of a contrast from what he said last year. Um, at the end of the season. And I threw this clip up on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but it got a lot of reaction. I can play it here. I did, yeah. Uh, you know, play it right now because we just we just heard what Chifley had to say at the end of this season. Um, it, I mean, you nailed it. I mean, it was about a complete 180 for the way and what he had to say after the end of last season, which, of course, maybe the most significant moment to the end of the Winnipeg Jets season was a terrible decision by Mark Chifley. They got him suspended for four games ended up costing him the rest of the playoffs. And when the Jets got swept, having to miss the opening game of this season, kind of dragging on into this year. You know, what happened in Toronto, um, you know, that's, that's learning lessons. That, that, that's, that's coaching. That's, you know, a player, you know, I'm a guy that loves to learn. I'm a guy that loves to improve my game. And I want, I want the coach to push me. I want my peers to push me. You know, that, that's what makes good teams. That, that's what makes, you know, that's what bonds, you know, relationships is, 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 you know, your peers, you know, your, you know, the, you know, the, the forms of authority pushing you for, for more and pushing you for better. And that's, you know, that's, that's hockey. That's, that's, that's the business we're in. You want to be pushed to be better. You want to be pushed to be a better person, a better player, you know, a more hardworking player, you know, everything, everything in this world, you want to be pushed to, to want more. And, you know, that only motivates you. That only motivates me as a person. And, 
um, you know, that's the way I look at every, at every setback, at every good thing, at every bad thing, you know, you never can get too, too high. You never can get too low. You just have to keep pushing for more. And, you know, I thought this team pushed for more, you know, we were written off from, from day one of this season. Um, you know, we have the, you know, that <laughs> that's about it. We were, we were written off from day one and we, we proved people wrong all season long. And, you know, we go through that slide, uh, you know, towards the end of the year and we were written off again. You know, everyone wanted the wanted a Calgary Flames Edmonton Oilers series. And, you know, we we proved people wrong. We made the playoffs. We won our first round. And, you know, I think, you know, I think that's where that's where my head's at is that, you know, we prove people wrong and we want to continue to prove people wrong. You know, we don't get a lot of respect in the in, uh, you know, the grand scheme of things. You know, everyone wants the, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and the Montreal Canadiens to, to be going on. No one wants the Winnipeg Jets to, to do anything, but you know, that's the, the, that's what Winnipeg is made of. You know, our community is made of hardworking people that, that, that grind for every inch. And, you know, we're, we're, we're that team that wants to grind for every inch and, uh, and prove people wrong on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, that's, that's who the Winnipeg Jets are. That was the same guy. That was the same guy that we just heard talking about there. It was about, you know, this team, this city, you know, a lot of things that I think a lot of people really appreciated. And um, listen, it couldn't have been much more different yesterday. And um, that is a major issue for this team going forward. But I think if anything, it's a good thing for the Winnipeg Jets because, you know, I, I, I mean, as I said before, I mean, I think that it was pretty clear that something wasn't right. Things needed to be, be changed, and I'm not sure whether Mark Shifley was on board with what had been happening. And um, we'll hear some incredible comments from Paul Stastny coming up in a second in relation to that. Um, but it happens in pro sports. Nothing's forever right now, and I know that this organization, and Paul Maurice mentioned, I mean, the thought was that Mark Shifley was going to be a Jet for life, play out this contract, stay here, you know, do great things, win cups, get a statue put up and be sort of, you know, the, the next guy. I mean, the guy like his mentor, Dale Howarchuk, was when he was here. Dale Howarchuk got traded too. So it just really, really does seem like we are, we are on that point. Now, we're going to go for Mark Shifley. A lot of this will be connected to Mark Shifley because a number of other players talked. And uh, it was hard not to know um, that 55, I think, was being alluded to or part of some of the uh, the issues that this Winnipeg Jets team had. We'll get to Stastny right now. Do you want to thank Culligan Water? It, we gave a big shout-out to Kenny for being the most hydrated guy. Kenny had the scoop yesterday that Chevy got the extension. So we'll give a couple uh, extra Culligan chugs to, uh, to Ken. Culligan Water, of course, locally owned 65 years in business as the go-to people for all things water in Winnipeg. With water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whether it's for the home, the cottage, the office, Culligan has your water needs covered. Give them a buzz at 694-5180. Visit them at 1200 Sargent Avenue or online at drinkculligan.com. Hey, our friends Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery are, of course, the premier place in Winnipeg to satisfy all your battery needs needs because they save you time and money. Here's a little example when you're shopping for your next battery. You need a deep cycle battery for your camper. You can go through the whole prospect of driving to Costco, finding a parking spot, walking into the store, finding the battery on your own with no help, carrying that battery to take out about an hour, and you'll spend 125 bucks minimum. Or you can call Manitoba Battery, order the same battery for 15 bucks less, 
They'll bring it to your door that same evening and they'll buy your old battery for the 10 bucks. The whole process will take you less than five minutes and cost you $100. You'll save 25 bucks an hour of your time and you won't burn any gas, which these days is a lot. That's the kind of math that works for us. Winnipeggers that love a good deal. You can find out more at manitobabattery.com or give them a buzz at 783-8787 to save yourself some time and money. And of course, the playoffs are beginning today. Royal Sports is your merchandise headquarters. I'm not sure whether there's going to be a clear out sale on Jets 55s anytime soon. That could very well be the case. But whether you're thinking about Jets gear, bomber merchandise, NHL, NBA, Blue Jays, international soccer or more, Royal Sports has it all as well as Canadian soccer gear coming in. And now we're just about getting ready to get some good weather and get back outside softball baseball soccer best selection in town an incredible uh, growing number of bikes available each and every day and an expanded fitness section they really do have it all it is the superstore 750 pemina highway royal sports and make sure to follow them on instagram right now at royal sports pemina for all the latest merchandise drops sales and info on their next world famous tent sale as well royal sports 750 pemina highway all right, getting back to the Winnipeg Jets. Paul Stastny was fascinating, and there was one particular comment that stands out. Uh, but but quickly, Remo, let's get number six and number 10 in first um, before we get to Paul Stastny really speaking to the topic that I think everyone was talking about. I mean, Paul Stastny uh, referred to him plenty as the conscience of this team. I think with where this team is at right now, it is imperative that Paul Stastny, help make Stastny the coach considering what we've heard the last little while. He is a free agent though, and he was asked about his pending free agency, despite all the things he talked about sounding like he still was absolutely a member of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I mean, right now for me, just, I think I gotta take a vacay with the wife. <laughs> it's been two and a half years since we've gotten away from the kids, but uh, and I've always said, I kind of, Everything's always on the table. I've learned to keep an open mind. I think uh, you just never know whether you don't know who the coaches are going to be, who management is going to be, who's making trades. So you kind of want to stay aware for that, and you obviously want to go somewhere. As you get older, you don't have as um, you know. When I was 28, I was free agent. It was different. Now that older, you don't have as many teams interested. But you just hope there's teams interested, and then you go from there. But um, I've said it before, and I, and and. Because I've been through it, it's easier for me to kind of just wait it out as long as I can and just kind of see, I think, take a couple of weeks off now to kind of let everything settle. Um, you know, if the body feels good, if I can keep playing, then, you know, that's what I want to do. And then, uh, you know, want the family to be happy. I think want the fit to be happy, but kind of all kind of options are on the table and I don't close the door anywhere I've been. All right, so there's Paul Stastny, and you know he mentioned at his age too. I mean, you want to know that people that the people want you and find a situation. I think it's quite obvious that there is a path for Paul Stastny to return here. But much like we've heard a number of other players, um, you know, there are some things that need to change, and you can make your own. I mean, certainly, I think the coaching staff and you know having a new voice is is important, and they didn't really get that. I think it's pretty clear moving on from Paul Maurice to Dave Lowry, you know, with an internal hire that happened the same day, um, albeit with that two and a half week sort of, you know, buffer uh, as the league shut down. Um, but I think it's also about personnel. And we'll hear, I mean, the most damning comments about, 
you know, where this team is at and what needs to change in just a minute. Um, Paul Stastny, he did speak about free agency. He was very, com- um, he was complimentary on Nikolai Ehlers and his becoming a, a leader. Uh, but let's get to number nine, Remo, because this is the, this was the question that I think opened up people's eyes. Uh, it's just how starkly different it was from what we heard from Mark Shifley. And these were the comments I'd say, listen to what Mark Shifley said, a guy with two years left on his deal. And Paul Stastny, guy that had just talked about pending unrestricted free agency. Um, Murata Tesh asked Wheeler about, you know, some of the systems that the team was, was, was utilizing this year. And Paul Stastny basically barged into the conversation, although it was a very welcome interruption, and talked about the lack of accountability um, both to each other as well as the team that plagued this team this season. And you can judge for yourself on who Paul Stastny was talking about. I feel like I'm jumping on the end of what you said there, the idea of them finding a system and playing to it. I mean, take the opposite of that. Is that a clear sign that Winnipeg didn't do that this year? Uh, I think it's just a clear sign that our players didn't play to our system. I mean, I'm going to, like I said, responsibility lies on the players to whatever is put in front of us to execute it, and we didn't do it. But that's also as players, let me jump in here, is we got to be held accountable, whether it's player on player, and we got to have more respect for each other. And when you don't have that, when you don't care about the teammate next to you, potentially, and you just care about, you know, what you're doing or certain individual things, you know, that kind of starts bleeding the game. If guys are held more accountable, if there's more respect for each other, um, you know, I'll give you an example. It was uh, Who was it? It was Vancouver. I think they lost the game in overtime for like 10 games ago, and Boudreaux called out one of their players. And it sucks. It sucks when something like that happens. But that player, I think the next game they played that same team at three points, was plus three. Then next game he was better defensively. Like... All it takes is one time to get embarrassed, and everyone hates it. And it's happened to us, whether it's in juniors or college or professional, and you learn from that mistake, but that's what needs to happen. But you also have to uh, have, like, self-awareness. You also have to realize that um, sometimes you do have to sacrifice a little for the greater of the team. And, and uh, th- I just hope that guys realize every year, I think, uh, if you look on paper every year, probably – I mean, at the start of the season, you look at every lineup and you think, wow, that's a good team, no matter what. It doesn't even matter. All 30 teams, 31, however many teams there are, 32 teams, 31. Uh, so that doesn't matter. I think all the skills there, but, you know, it's the, it's the teams that are bought in. I, I look at Calgary, for example, this year, and uh, their coach there, I don't know what people say about him, but he might be hard-nosed or, you know, he might be uh, holds guys accountable because – you look at some of those players there, they play a whole different game than they did last year, and they're a dangerous team, and they play a complete team game. And when a good team game follows, then all the individual success kind of go, goes along with it. So um, for here, it's kind of a wake-up call to realize that it's not going to be easy every year. Yeah, you've had some young guys that maybe didn't make playoffs the first year, but every year they've gotten better and better here for, I mean, you probably tell me, last eight years. So it's, it's, it's easy, but then all of a sudden when things go tough, we'll see how guys – react and respond and I think it's always kind of good learning experience for everyone and and hopefully they you know they kind of take that pill learn from in the summer and and make adjustments and realize you don't want to be in this position because it stinks you know especially tomorrow when you're watching playoffs and you see how electric the atmosphere is and the fans are and then you know you just wish that you were there but you're not 
Well, that to me might be the most incredible quote that we've seen in a long time around here in Winnipeg, maybe at any point. Um, when you hear a player that is respected like Paul Stassi in that dressing room saying that the players didn't, some players didn't have respect for their teammates, I mean, it just goes to show you how broken that locker room is. And, you know, it's easy for us to sit around and people in the media or people in social media and say, oh, this looks like this happening. That was pure confirmation that many of the things that we had been seeing were exactly as they were. And, and, and to be honest, I mean, it sounds even worse than, you know, maybe what you get from the odd, um, you know, media availability or certainly what we see on the ice. Um, but, but Remus to me, that was the, that was the jaw dropper and, and the way that was a question for Blake Wheeler. I mean, Paul Stastny, it seemed like he felt that he needed to say that right now. And, you know, the comments about, you know, maybe guys being aired out. And I know Dave Lowry said he's never going to do things through the media. But I mean, to me, my my reaction to that was they had tried everything with certain players. And I mean, you can all, you can all figure out who you think he was talking about uh, without any, and you know, and that's the last resort, I think, you know, when players, you know, get aired out by their coach, you know, in the media, he said exactly that. Sometimes you need to get embarrassed. And that never happened. They didn't get the buy-in. They didn't get the turnaround. And that led us to yesterday when we heard comments from Mark Shifley and Paul Stastny about as polar opposite as you could possibly have. Um, but to me, that was incredible. I think most people can have their own speculation as to who they're talking about. And considering he said that, and then Paul and Mark Shifley came out with his comments that we heard earlier about 15 minutes later, I think told you all you need to know about the state of the Jets dressing room, the state of the Jets leadership core, and where Mark Shifley fits in amongst this team that he was thought to be the key franchise linchpin for so many years. Full credit to Paul Stasny, who's been so candid with his comments, not just this year, but going back for the last couple of years. And um, shout out to him. He did have a, a career season. In points, uh, mid 40s, I think of the most he had since uh, he was with the Blues. And, you know, I can't say I was too surprised to hear him. You know, we've heard a lot of stuff him saying last year that they weren't playing the right way. They were cheating the game. They had been cheating for a while. And that was when they went on that huge losing, losing streak to end the season. And for him to uh, butt in for a question that wasn't directed at him and talk about accountability needing being needed in the room. And that's something we've been talking about here for weeks now, I think it's refreshing to hear you like hearing that. And I did put out a poll. Uh, would you like to see Stasny back on the Jets? And I think he's become a fan favorite here in just a short time. 93% of almost 200 people who voted saying yes. Now, I think the big question is, uh, will he come back? And if he does, how much is it going to cost and how many years? Because he's a player, you know, on the other side of 30. Uh, but he did just have a great season. He did have some nice chemistry there with Wheeler and Ehlers, but, you know, a lot of people in chat, uh, you know, being like, hmm, I wonder, uh, I wonder who he's talking about here uh, in, in these comments. So, um, you know, so we've heard, uh, what, if Mark Shifley, if he was wrestling chair, if Mike Shifley, Mark Shifley went uh, heel, uh, Paul Stasny playing the babyface role here. Yeah, Stasny had quite a, quite a season when it comes to, uh, comes to wrestling style heel and babyface turns right now, but make no mistake about it. He was the guy, I mean, he spoke... And as I said, I kind of half jokingly said, "Oh yeah, make sure it was Stastny the coach." That that is exactly what you know you would have hoped to have heard at times from Paul Maurice. And listen, I don't think Dave Lowry was ever in a situation where you come in as an interim coach, your kids on the team. I mean, it was uh, 
I mean, it wasn't a great situation, and I'm not sure whether they expected more or whether they simply expected that Maurice leaving might, you know, get things turned around. Uh, but the bottom line is what we just heard from Paul Stastny, and I think it's way more impactful, to be honest, coming from the dressing room, coming from one of the players on the team than even a head coach. Um, but it's quite clear that there had been a real lack of accountability. Some players, you know, maybe talked a good game but didn't hold themselves to a standard or just simply weren't on board with with what has happened. And um, listen, Adam Oates, um, I'll say this, Adam Oates, who, of course, is the personal coach of Mark Shifley. I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, they're focusing on individual things, skills training. Um, you know, we didn't hear anything about the team. And it's sad because for such a long time, that's exactly what we heard from Mark Shifley. It seemed like he was, you know, the core of this team that they were building around. And, you know, there's obviously been some significant things that have that have really changed over a number of years, but I think have really come to a head at this point, as uh, as we heard yesterday. Remo, before we go, because it, Wheeler was up with Paul Stastny, we're going to bring Mike McIntyre in in just a second. I do want to, uh, just a couple clips from Blake Wheeler, because we're going to certainly need to discuss his role in all of this with, my, with Mike as well. If you want to get number four and five ready, um, you know, first up, Wheeler was asked on uh, where things started to go south after a good start for the Winnipeg Jets. And here's what uh, the captain had to say. Um, nothing, nothing in particular stands out. You know, like I said, I think uh, there were some things, you know, we came into training camp talking about the way we wanted to play the game. I'm not exactly sure if. You know, we were doing that per se uh, in those first games or not, but uh, maybe the intention was there. You know, I think we were playing fast. Um, you know, we got a forward group that, that can move really well, and we got a defensive group that can move the puck really well, so it seemed to be like it was going to be a great fit, and obviously our goaltending speaks for itself. So, um, yeah, nothing, nothing in particular stands out, but I just feel like, you know, for stretches of the year, just felt like we were just bogged down, just stuck, just playing slow, you know, just – just in a rut. All right, that was four. Um, you spoke about being in a rut, and that I'll certainly agree uh, agree with. Now, um, you know, Wheeler certainly, and this has been his his M.O. really over the last little while. I mean, uh, you know, the last number of years as the captain. I mean, they may be fully aware of what's happening on in the dressing room, and really Paul Stastny, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor have been the guys that have come out and called it the way that it is. Um, and and Blake, for better or worse, keeping things in house and you know and not really um, addressing the things that I think if anyone was aware of, the captain of the hockey team certainly would be. But one other clip that we you know and Blake Wheeler teased this before. Um, he said you know at the end of the season he'd have something more to say about Paul Maurice's departure and the effect that that had on that team. Um, that's clip number five, Reem. Um, before we bring in Mike McIntyre, let's hear from uh, from Wheeler on uh, Maurice leaving and how that affected this year's Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I think I mean, it was obviously a shock. Um, can't speak to what would have what would have happened if Paul would have stuck around. You know, it's just it's one of those another one to add to the list of what ifs. Um, you know, when when your coach packs up and leaves, you know, halfway through the season, it uh, it certainly is a jolt to the group. And like I like I alluded to at the time, it's not the type of jolt where you know you know, he lost the room and we weren't responding to his message or we were just counting down the days till he was leaving. You know, it was one of those things that kind of, I think, hit deep for a lot of guys. So, um, 
whether that completely derailed our season or not, you know, I, I, I suppose I'm not sure, but um, it was something that was, you know, it was a shock to the system for sure. I'll say this uh, about that comment. I mean, I'll sort of take issue with it. Um, you know, if the team was responding to Paul Maurice's message, uh, they sure had a funny way of showing it. I mean, the team was in free fall at that point. They'd had some of the worst losses of the season, finishing up with that ugly home loss to Detroit or to the Buffalo Sabres on the 14th of December. And um, I mean, the, the, I mean, anyone that was watching this team knew that things were going poorly. And I'm sure Paul Maurice you know, as the head coach was doing what he could, what he could do. And he felt that they weren't responding. And that was part of the reason why he left and said that they needed a new voice. So that was a little interesting. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about this all with Mike McIntyre coming up right now. Huge numbers in the, in the, in the show today. Welcome to everyone. Uh, if you're new here, do us a favor, hit that red subscribe button. Um, we're here and God knows this is going to be a hot off season. So we'll have plenty of time to talk with you every day, live at one o'clock on YouTube. And of course you can follow Winnipeg sports talk and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast feeds do that. So Mike McIntyre coming up in just a second, uh, our friends at Aikens Lake are ready for the upcoming summer. And I can tell you that, um, I believe there's still a couple of uh, dock hand jobs. If you've got a university student or uh, he and a buddy thinking about uh, maybe living in paradise for four months, working with some great people in one of the most amazing spots in our province, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, get on that right now. Limited availability is going to be their biggest summer ever. But you can find out more about available dates and a potential family or corporate trip as well at AikensLake.com. But in particular right now, looking to fill out that roster of young people working at the lodge for the summer. Find out more at AikensLake.com or you can hit Pitcheran up at Aikens Lake. Uh, Breezy Bend is ready for golf season. Have you seen the uh, seen the forecast this week? I think we're going to be on the course in not too long, as long as things dry up right now. Breezy Bend, an incredible golfing home for you and your family. Give Corey Johnson a call and find out how you can maybe join the growing group of Breezy Bend members. Uh, working on a waiting list right now, uh, but they'll have all that information for you about their junior programs, women's programs, the improvements to the golf course and the clubhouse no better place to be for your golfing home than Breezy Bend. Find out more online at breezybend.ca. And our friends at Not Auto Corp, I mean, maybe the, the roads have just taken a toll. You weren't thinking about getting a new car, but now you're potentially looking for a tank to uh, handle the uh, Winnipeg roads. Whatever your vehicular needs are, whether you're thinking electric with the uh, great selection of Teslas they have there or more traditional vehicles, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team? Just like Milt Stiegel cruising through on the Knot ad we've got playing on the YouTube channel. Knot has it all. Waverly and McGilvery find out more online on all their services and the Tesla experience program over at Knot.ca. And as we bring in Mike McIntyre, a big cheers to our friend at Little Brown Jug. We're into May. Spring is here. Patios are going to be open. Little Brown Jug is an amazing uh, selection of uh, delicious beers down at the tap room, as well as great events to participate in. Find out more on Instagram at Little Brown Jug, on their website at littlebrownjug.ca. In addition to getting the great taste of Little Brown Jug at beer stores throughout the city and at the tap room, they'll also deliver to you citywide Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. You can get that order picked up and won't even need to leave the house. It's all over at littlebrownjug.ca. All right. 
Let's get to it. Um, we've gone along. Normally, we would do a guest beforehand, but we need to get a bunch. We'll hear from Kevin Sheveldayoff a little bit later on, uh, but we will discuss his extension, the news on the coaching staff, and what we heard yesterday with Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press. Mike, holy smokes, I get back to town. I get off the plane yesterday and just check social media afterwards, and uh, I mean, I think we knew it was going to be an interesting end-of-year address from a number of players, but uh, holy smokes. Um, first yeah. off, let's just get right to it. You were in the room. What was what was the uh, what was your reaction, and what was the uh, reaction of the collective scribes around as you heard Mark Shifley finish off with uh, the comments that we played earlier today? Well, as soon as Mark Shifley left the room, a bunch of us turned to each other to kind of confirm with each other that we'd all heard what we thought we'd heard. You know, it's one of those where maybe. Maybe he misspoke or maybe you heard it slightly differently, but um, no, we very quickly kind of all confirmed that Mark Shifley did say what we kind of thought he said. And that will go down as uh, perhaps the most surreal, you know, garbage bag day interview we've seen. And, and Mark Shifley has been involved in a couple of them. Who can forget the one after the, uh, the 2019 first round elimination to the Blues You'll recall that was the day that Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler were at the podium together, and Mark Shifley barely said a word, and the body language was uh, was quite troubling that day, and a lot of folks were reading into what that might have been about. This time, uh, Mark Shifley didn't give us the silent treatment. He had a lot to say, uh, but what he said certainly raised uh, eyebrows. I imagine, Huss, not just, not just here amongst us who follow this team, I got to think you know, the the bombshells, the grenades that he launched uh, would have reverberated around the entire NHL. And I suspect there were 31 other general managers who were quite interested to hear what Mark Shifley said because, well, he didn't flat out come out and demand a trade. That sure sounded like a trade request, a, a public trade week request to me. Mark Shifley spoke like a guy who is an unrestricted free agent this summer, free to go to the highest bidder. Not like a guy who is under two more years of contract. And I think that's why a lot of us were rather puzzled by the language he used and, and just the tone of that whole news conference, uh, because he certainly sounded like he has one foot out the door and is anxious to get the second one there as well well mike i mean and i said this off the bat and i'm sure we've heard this repeated at nauseum by folks um you know on their twitter feeds or whatever after they saw this i mean if you had brought someone from outside and just said hey here are two players speaking at the end of the season one guy's an unrestricted free agent one guy's got two years left would any of them have thought that oh mark shifley's the guy with two years on the contract i mean the contrast between what Paul Stastny said on a question asked to Blake Wheeler right. and what said Mark Shifley was was stunning. And I think it just speaks to what we've talked about on this program for a long time. It's quite obvious that all was not right within that dressing room, within that leadership core. And it was uh, it was in all caps right in our face yesterday afternoon. It was. And, you know, Mark Shifley has, has taken criticism. And I would say in, in some ways he's been labeled as a bit of a selfish hockey player um, because of the fact that you know what he's capable of and there's so much more there and he leaves you wanting, I think, 
you know, so many nights. Yeah, the points are great, but it's his play in his own end and on the other side of the puck that, you know, I think speaks volumes about why this team remains kind of stuck where they are. And, you know, Mark Scheifele didn't exactly come out and pour, pour cold water on the notion that he's a selfish player. He came out and talked entirely about himself. I've got to do what's best for me. I have to talk to my agent. I have to talk to my family. Um, you know, he made it sound, Huss, these year-end interviews with the GM are about the GM kind of, you know, debriefing with the player. He made it sound like Kevin Sheveldayoff has an appointment with him <laughs> to discuss, you know, what Mark Shifley feels uh, needs to be done here when it comes to both himself and and the organization. It, it was just, the whole thing was, was very odd. I'll say this, I mean... I guess good on Mark Shifley for for not hiding behind cliches or or can answers. Like he came out and he certainly spoke what was on his mind, uh, and I'm I gotta think that was pretty calculated on his part. Like he had to know he's a smart guy, he's a student of the game. He had to know uh, in a hockey mad market like Winnipeg that those words were going to be amplified and dissected. And I imagine that's exactly what his intention was. Um, you know, I asked Kevin Sheveldayoff flat out this morning or when he spoke to us a couple hours ago uh, at noon, uh, has Mark Shifley asked for a trade? And Kevin Sheveldayoff said no, but it is interesting to note, Haas, and I imagine this was calculated as well, that Kevin Sheveldayoff met with us before he sat down with Mark Shifley, not after. And that's probably a good thing from the GM's perspective. You know, there's, there's a legal term out there called plausible deniability. And so Kevin Sheveldayoff, you know, if he had met with us after he just debriefed with Mark Shifley, there's probably some things that he would have either had to flat out lie or deflect. In, in, in today's case, he could sort of just say, well, I haven't talked to him yet, so I guess I'll find out what that's all about. Um, and of course, we're not going to get Kevin Sheveldayoff like tomorrow. It would be fascinating if we could kind of get him after the Shifley interview. But uh, I got to think that that conversation with Mark Shifley is going to be one for the ages. Well, no doubt about it. And a couple of things on that, Mike. Um, I'm not sure whether he clarified whether the agent had asked for a trade. I mean, I'm not sure whether Mark Shifley has said anything in particular. True. And again, I mean, few <laughs> there's a few better uh, in the business of tiptoeing around uh, around <laughs> something than Kevin Sheveldayoff. Right. So we won't certainly won't rule that out. Um, but I'm with you. And I said this at the beginning of the show. I mean, that was a guy that said, how do you ask for a trade without directly going out and say, I want to be traded? You do what you did yesterday. And to be honest, Mike, before we even got to the bomb at the end of his media availability, the comments from the first couple of questions about how I'm in the prime of my career, I like where my game's at, all of that stuff. To me, that was not a message to anyone here in Winnipeg. That was to 31 other general managers right. saying, hey, I've still got a lot in me. I obviously need a change of scenery, and uh, I may be good for the team. I mean, it was essentially a sales pitch for his services elsewhere in the league. It was, and again, it, it, you know, Contrast that with what we've seen from a lot of players over the last week coming out and talking about the need for, for looking in the mirror, for you know self-improvement, self-growth. 
uh, for sort of hard reflection. How about some self-awareness, Mike? Right, right. And and there just wasn't a whole lot of that. And, you know, the Shifley interview alone would be concerning enough. But then, you know, another another shoe sort of fell when Dave Lowry met with us a few minutes after Mark Shifley. And, us, you probably picked up on this, but Dave Lowry said, Mark Shifley has a decision to make. And I, I wish one of us were able to follow up on what he meant by a decision. Because again, he is not a unrestricted free agent. He's not a restricted free agent. What decision does he have to make unless he's talking about, does he decide to not show up to camp and, and violate his contract? I mean, or is he talking about he has a decision as to whether he wants to commit to playing a, a better all-around game? Or is that in reference to he has a decision to make as to whether he wants to ask the organization to move him? I, I don't know. I'm not going to put words in Dave Lowry's mouth. But again, the fact that he's talking about a decision that Mark Shifley has to make, Mark Shifley has no power right now. Uh, so I found that a curious bit of phrasing. And it only kind of adds to the uh, the overall intrigue of the whole situation. You know what? Let, we didn't get a chance. Remo, if you can, pull up uh, 27, because that that is a comment. We did want to get to it. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time talking and hearing from Stastny and Wheeler and, of course, Mark Shifley. This is the comment that Mike was talking about. Um, you know, Dave Lowry, you know, was, you know, he spoke about the end of the season and whatnot, but in spe- specifically the final answer from Dave Lowry was quite clearly um, a little bit more of an open door into what had been happening behind the scenes. This is how it sounded yesterday. I, I, I think the biggest, the biggest thing coming out of what Mark said is that, uh, you know, he's going to have to have his meeting. He's going to have to go through the process and then he's going to have to make a decision. That is, you know, that's something that uh, I'm not going to control. Um, Mike, I mean, there it is for folks that missed it before. Um, that is, that is a comment, and again, in, in you, we can't just l- listen to that without thinking about what we've heard from Mark Shifley's teammates over the past couple of weeks. Right, Kyle Connor talking about building a culture, Paul Stastny and Nikolai Ehlers talking about buying into the team. I mean, there's a number of decisions. Do you want to be here? But regardless, I, I think the question that they've been asking that I don't think they got the answer is, do you want to be part of the solution? Or are you going to be part of a problem? Because make no mistake about it, you can be the most talented player in the world if you're doing your own thing and not buying into a your team in a team sport. You know what you get? You get a disappointing season and you fall short of your goals. And guess where we are right now, Mike? Well, for sure. And that's where, <clears throat> to me, Huss, it would have been fascinating, wouldn't it, if you, they'd switched up the partners yesterday? Like Mark Shifley came out with, Adam Lowry, uh, Paul Stasny came out with Blake Wheeler. It would have been fascinating to watch the dynamic if Mark Shifley had come out with Paul Stasny. <laughs> who, who, um, you know, I imagine we might have got one of those side eyes there. And, you know, I know, I think you played this clip. I didn't catch it earlier, but where Stasny basically interrupts the captain and, and flat out says, I'm going to jump in here. And then let me take this one, Blake. Yeah, we we've got to be held accountable, whether it's player on player. We've got to have more respect for each other when you don't have that, when you don't care about the teammate next to you 
and you just care about what you're doing or certain individual things, that starts bleeding into the game. By process of elimination, it's pretty clear who Paul Stasny was talking about. And as I say, it would have been it would have been something else if uh, if him and Shifley had come out together. Um, and again, it just it 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 really adds to this overall feeling, Huss, of dysfunction right now within this organization. Like there is, I'm not going to suggest it's at the Vegas Golden Knights level, but there's a lot of of dysfunction right now. Whether it's players publicly pointing fingers or kind of speaking in code. Um, you know, Mark Shifley, what he did. I mean, the the coaching staff now we find out kind of twisting in the wind, like they're not being brought back, but they're free to apply for their old jobs. Um, and then, of course, Kevin Sheveldayoff getting the three-year extension. Like th- this is, uh, I'll put it this way, the most important offseason in franchise history is off to one hell of a turbulent start. We, we'll, we'll get to the coaching staff and the Chevy extension in a minute. Um, but back to the Stastny comments. Um, that might be, and I mean, we've been talking for weeks about how open and somewhat damning on, you know, what has been happening with this team for a long time. That, Mike, is the single, is the soundbite that I think probably needed to be said the most and probably yeah. needed to be said from Paul Maurice way, way, way before he ended up leaving. And, you know, for it to for it to continue to fester to get to this point, I think, is uh, you know, is a real failure on the organization's part. And, you know, Kevin Sheveldayoff certainly involved in that. Um and and you know, and I think it also speaks to the um very the situation that Dave Lowry was put in, um, you know, where like, what are you going to do? You're an interim head coach and you're going to go all rank and start being Tortorella. I mean, I don't sure. think that was real realistic. And I think they knew they were trying to hold things together as best as they could. But I mean, so obviously this was broken. I, this is something that I got a ton of feedback on my tweet yesterday. I mean, I said, I wasn't surprised at all about this, about these comments, maybe the frankness of it, but the way that Shifley came out, I mean, I think that was just, it was an open window to something that had seemingly gotten rotten, gone rotten a long time ago, which is stunning. I mean, if you had told me this four or five, four years ago, that we'd be at this point still with two years left in the deal. And, you know, we'd be looking at Mark Shifley as the guy that was most likely out. And frankly, to his own, um, interest has one foot out the door yeah. i would have said no way i mean this is all being built on but it's obviously something's gone rotten assuming you agree with that when did this happen when did this start i mean i, I look back to the second half of the 2018-19 season and i'm not sure at times it looked like maybe things had gotten better but i mean you get into the covid year then last year with the canadian division I mean, the last two years, it's almost like it just kicked the can down the road. And this is the reckoning that has been long overdue for this hockey team for a very long time. From your perspective, where did this begin to go wrong? Well, you're right. And you look at the different cracks, you know, after that magical run in the spring of 2018, which seems like a lifetime ago. And who can forget what Mark Shifley did in that second round against (laughs) Nashville? He was the the best he was the best player in the National Hockey League. And, you know, it looked like the sky was the limit for him and for his team. And you're right, Haas. I mean, we know that this team really took a, a 180 around the midway point of, of the following season. And 
you know, it led to closed door meetings and ruffled feathers and, and all that. And then of course, Dustin Bufflin isn't back. Um, you know, Brian Little, who I think really helped hold a lot of things together, probably behind the scenes, Brian Little, uh, I've referred to him and I know others have as well as a bit of the conscience of this organization. And I think Brian Little being gone probably caused some other issues that maybe had been managed to start to fester within the room. Of course, Patrick Laine, we know what happened there. And, you know, reports of dynamic between young players and older players. Um, and I think we saw a guy like Mark Shifley, a, a guy, a, a sort of happy-go-lucky, carefree type who, you know, just loved the game. We saw him change to... A, a, a little more of, of of a serious, you know, reserved, sometimes angry individual. And we saw that manifest itself, of course, last year in that second round playoff series and the, the absolute head scratcher against, you know, Montreal that really cost himself and his team that series. But even go back to the bubble and, you know, he gets hurt by Matthew Kachuk, like pretty much first shift of game one against Calgary. Uh, and I got to think that that probably led to some, some anger, you know, from Mark Shifley. Like, I just think his personality changed. And a psychologist could probably have a field day analyzing not just Mark Shifley's sort of evolution, but the whole team here. And, you know, again, we've seen we've seen it, as you say, in bits and pieces. Paul Maurice just up, up, flat out resigns, like out of the blue. Like, what caused that? And, you know, we may never know the full story behind that, just as we may never know the full story behind Dustin Bufflin. But it's clear that uh, the culture that this organization talked about how important it is and, and you know, what they were trying to establish, uh, that didn't get built overnight. It also didn't crumble overnight. But it's clear that they are going in the wrong direction and they have much work to do uh, to, to start to repair it. Um, we'll look ahead to, I mean, this off season in particular, the Shifley situation for Kevin Shevel day off, but we have to mention, and I know Ken broke it. You confirmed it yesterday that Chevy has a three-year extension. Um, you know, some fans, um, not pleased with this others that believe that, you know, when you look at the drafting and most of the trades that Shevel right. day off's made, you can make the case that he hasn't done a bad job. But the fact of the matter is this was all on his watch. And, um, were you surprised that he's back? Are you surprised that it's a three-year deal? And like me, do you agree that that deal was probably in a drawer for a while and was put out or kind of floated out at this time just to say, listen, we're going to be talking about a lot of things, but it's a non-starter. Kevin Chevalier is the guy that's calling these shots going forward. I'm, I'm not surprised for a couple of reasons. We know the loyalty of True North. It's it's one of their, their hallmarks. Um, and I also believe Haas you and I have talked about this in the past, that ownership here in Winnipeg, they're a little more hands-on, a little more directly involved than maybe you would get in some other markets. And again, the Jets don't have that buffer between the GM and the owner. Like, there's no director of, of hockey ops. You know, There's no Jim Rutherford or Brendan Shanahan, or you could go down the list. So I think you know Kevin Shoveldayoff, yeah, he certainly got the power as the GM, but I think he also has the trust and the ear of ownership. And it, it's a two-way street. So in a lot of ways, I guess giving up on Kevin Cheveldayoff would probably almost be seen as an indictment of ownership itself, right? He was their hand-picked guy. 
And you're right. You can certainly rattle off all sorts of things, successes, whether it's on the drafting and developing side to the retaining of core pieces, you know, the Hellebucks and the Morrisseys and the Connors and the Ehlers and even the Shifleys, like to really good team-friendly contracts. So I think all of that probably earns Kevin Chevalier off another look, not to mention like he's likely going to be on his fourth different coach under his regime. But what he's going to now do this offseason, he hasn't really had to do had the chance to do yet. Um, he kind of inherited Claude Noel because that was the true north choice, obviously, carry over from the moose. Um, you know, the Paul Maurice change was was done mid-season. There wasn't an exhaustive coaching search. And I think history would suggest that Paul Maurice worked out pretty well for what this team, you know, started to to build. Uh, and then, of course, Dave Lowry was an out-of-the-blue kind of mid-season um, audible that had to be called. So, yeah, he's probably going to have a fourth head coach now under his watch, but this will really be the first time he can do an exhaustive off-season search. And he's also going to be bringing in, it would appear, an entire new staff, save for Wade Flaherty. Um, so I think they're going to give him, you know, another shot, and in this case, three years, uh, that's the window. Um, it's one year beyond, you know, the Wheeler window, if you want to call it. And the, I guess the Shifley window now, which could close a lot quicker than two years from now. Um, so, no, I'm not entirely surprised. That being said, True North couldn't just send the message to the fan base that we're going to do nothing. Uh, and that's why I think you're seeing what's happened with the coaching staff here. They've got to send the signal to the fans that they are serious about, you know, not just the status quo, same old, same old. And so I think we're going to see, you know, dramatic changes certainly behind the bench. And we may see dramatic changes when it comes to the on ice product as well. Well, and let's get to the coaching staff today. I mean, the reports out from Frank Cerebelli and Elliot Friedman and, you know, confirmed by Kevin Sheveldayoff in his, um, in his availability today that, um, you know, a full search for a coach and coaching staff. And I think that is something that is incredibly important because if you, I was thinking about this this morning. It is somewhat incredible that Paul Maurice came in when he did and with the issues that they had in other areas still maintained that same coaching staff all along because right. I would have thought if there was one guy that would have had the power to make those changes, yeah. Paul Maurice would have been the guy and that never happened. And that's something I'll always, I'll always wonder because it would have, it would have bought them time to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, some of the times where he was under the most heat, with the performance of the club, even this year. Um, you know, I think that would have placated people for a little while and, and potentially could have improved the team, but that never happened. Um, but it is significant to know that not only will there be um, a full search for a head coach candidate, but that person will be able to come in with the exception of Wade Flaherty. And that makes right. a lot of sense because goalies are sort of in their, in their own They're little unicorns. world. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Um, but, I mean, it's all led to this. I think it was the logical choice. I'm not sure everyone believed that it would happen. But um, the fact that, you know, this is today, the day after the season, these reports coming out and confirmed by Kevin Sheveldayoff, I think right. speak to going forward. And as far as, you know, the – listen, I think they're just doing what they would normally do, not saying, hey, you know, everyone's fired, but, you know, we're moving on. They've got the opportunity to, uh, to employ. Um, but that decision, in addition – personnel-wise to what you're doing with Mark Shifley and assuming, I think many of us agree, myself, I've been talking about this for a while, that I think the Jets realized for a while that they needed to get out of the Mark Shifley business. And to be honest, 
it's also the one move that has the potential to bring back a real significant return. But sure. this decision on the coaching staff going forward and how they come to that, who they interview, who they consider, whether it's just guys that they know, if you will, or a real legitimate exhaustive um, move that could take a while, I think is important. But, and this also speaks to the timing of, you know, this extension with Kevin Sheveldayoff, whether it be announced, whether it was signed earlier or not to fire the general manager right now. I mean, you basically can't do that. If they knew that they were going to move on from Chevy, they needed to do that a few months ago, like many other teams that weren't making the playoffs have done. So they don't get into this point. And then you're starting that biggest rock with everything else to come after that, considering the importance of these next few months for this organization. Yeah, and again, to go back to something Paul Stasny said yesterday, Huss, that I found really interesting, uh, you'll note he, he, he spoke of other coaching staffs around the league, and he specifically singled out two different staffs, one of which was a guy that the Jets probably might have had some interest in, except they were too late, if you will, on the Bruce Boudreaux front. And, you know, Stasny gave an example of Bruce Boudreaux calling out a player after a rough game and why he feels that that is something coaches need to do and how he believes it worked to the advantage of the player and the team. He then, of course, talked about the uh, the Calgary Flames and Daryl Sutter. And I do get the sense, and we've certainly heard this recently around the Jets, Haas, there's a belief, I think, that, this was a better group than what they achieved on the ice. And that with, with a different voice and Dave Lowry was a different voice, but he wasn't the different voice that the Calgary model, if you will, of what the flames were able to do this season compared to last, that that is something that this jets organization uh, is going to take a look at that. And that's not to say they're not going to make any changes. I mean, the flames did make some changes. They lost their captain, in the expansion draft, of course, and they brought in some players, uh, but they didn't blow it all up. And and here they are now, you know, with a lot of the same core intact, uh, the second best team in the Western Conference and a legitimate Stanley Cup favorite. So uh, I get the sense that the Calgary model is something that True North is looking to as proof that we don't have to go nuclear here. We think we still got the makings of a really good team Yes, we're going to have to make some changes. Some of them we may have to make that we weren't even planning, a.k.a. Mark Shifley. Um, but as you say, a Mark Shifley trade would certainly fetch an impressive return. And the Jets would not be trading Mark Shifley for futures. They'd be trading Mark Shifley for contributing core player or players that can help now. And so, you know, I, I don't get the sense that they believe their window is shut um, they took a big step back this year, but, um, you know, Kevin Sheveldayoff today said he expects they're going to spend to the cap ceiling again next year. Uh, and that would seem to indicate that they realize that uh, in this market and certainly, you know, with the fans and the situation the way it is, uh, they have to remain competitive and they're going to do everything possible to get right back there. Mike, um, let me ask you about Blake Wheeler's situation right now. Mm -hmm. Um I expect him to be back. I'll say that right off the bat. I mean, part of it is the fact that he's got a full no move um, at his age and what he's making for the next couple seasons. I think that is not an easy contract to, to move out, even if you had the willingness of the player to do that. 
Right. Um, it was very interesting contrast between he and and Paul Stastny standing next to it with some of the things that Blake didn't say and some of the things that Paul did say. Um, but we can't be having this conversation, especially involving Mark Shifley, without acknowledging how joined to the hip for so long, 26 and 55 has sort of been, those are the guys that run this team and then everybody else. Um, it's sort of been interesting to see the way he and Paul Stastny and Nikolai Ehlers have clicked. And even Blake said yesterday, it's sort of too bad that it's over. I wouldn't have mind getting this going. Yeah. It seemed like there has been a real separation of those two. And, you know, you made comments as to, you know, they were always the ones that were going out as the leaders that were meeting the media together. That didn't happen yesterday. And that hadn't happened over the last few months. Where does this leave Blake Wheeler, in your opinion, right now, considering there's, in all likelihood, you know, a new full coaching staff going forward? Right. Um, and I think the acknowledgement that it is time for a number of the young players that have had accountability, that have been saying the things that needed to be said, needed to be moving into those roles. Um, where, where where do the Jets go with here, and what is Blake Wheeler's role in being part of the solution, if, uh, if he is? Well, you're right, Haas. I mean... Breaking up Mark Shifley and, and Blake Wheeler, uh, which Dave Lowry did, and playing them on separate lines, like I thought in a lot of ways, we saw a rejuvenated Blake Wheeler down the stretch. Um, and it's not just the the points and, you know, he scored a bunch of goals here at the end of the year to kind of finish strong on a personal level. I just saw a guy with a lot more jump. Um, I saw a guy the last couple times that he met with the media I detected a bit of a shift that, that Blake Wheeler seemed, I don't want to say that there was a weight off his shoulder, but I just, I felt like there was a bit of a lighter tone uh, and a guy who, you know, a little more reflective, uh, a little more engaging, a little more personable than maybe what we'd seen, you know, in the past. And, and I don't want to say that's just because him and Mark Shifley, you know, weren't on the same line anymore. I'm sure it's a lot more complex than that, but that being said, I did see a guy in Blake Wheeler who, you know, found a role that's maybe a little bit different than the one he'd had and was really enjoying it. And so, you know, I think there's still, look, he was still almost a point of game player. He can still do some things that I think are very valuable to the Jets. It's going to be obviously on a new coach uh, to find a way to utilize Blake Wheeler to the best of his diminishing skill set because of his advancing age but you know I think and Kevin Chevalier referred to it as a legacy deal today I, I thought that was an interesting term he talked about some of the legacy deals that the Jets have handed out well you know they've got out of a couple of them like Dustin Bufflin Brian Little's quote legacy deals um, are a thing of the past not because of anything the Jets really did uh, but Blake Wheeler's, you know, for better or worse, they're, I think they're stuck with it for these next two years. Is he going to produce like an eight-plus million-dollar player? No. But I think everybody recognized when he signed the deal and why the team felt it was important to get Blake Wheeler under contract coming off that impressive run that they had and the belief that even better things were around the corner – I don't think anybody can really hold that against the Jets. So now it's a matter of of building around him. He's not the central piece. He shouldn't be playing, you know, top line minutes anymore. Um, but I think there's still a very useful player there. 
and it's going to be on the new coach to obviously, you know, connect with the captain, assuming he remains captain. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if that's a guarantee. Like maybe maybe Blake Wheeler would would actually prefer to not carry the burden of being the captain. Uh, you, There's other guys in the NHL. Dustin Brown, I remember, when he had it removed, he actually spoke of how he felt a huge weight off his shoulders, and that was in Los Angeles, hardly the hockey-mad community that Winnipeg is. So, you know, I, I suspect a leadership review will be among the many things on Kevin Shoveldale's to-do list. I wouldn't expect to see Blake Wheeler not still wearing the C in the fall, but I think a, a reduced role, one that that uh, you know certainly taps into the skills that he still has, uh, could serve this team well in the long run. And if you're Blake Wheeler, um, this is not the time to be selfish or to, to to put you before team. Not that he does that. I think if anything, Blake Wheeler recognizes that time really is running out on his career and on this team's kind of window. And I would think Blake Wheeler would be at the front of the line to embrace change if it meant success, because really that's all that should matter. There isn't a whole lot more next year's for Blake Wheeler. The time is now. You know what? It's funny you say that, Mike, because I think what it what we're seeing in front of our faces with, you know, the comments over the last couple of weeks of players and particularly what happened with Mark Shifley. I kind of think that this has been accepted in that dressing room for a while now, that there were going to be some big, big changes. Right. That moving on from it being Wheeler and Shifley and everybody else, uh, it, you know, that those times are over. Um, we look at where that, that's got them, that younger players that are significant contributors right now have moved into leadership roles naturally and are ready to do that. And, and like I said before, I think we've seen sort of a splitting of it being, you know, 55 and 26 and then everyone else. And I think Blake sort of got that earlier. And listen, he's not going to go and kill. Obviously he didn't. I mean, he just sort of didn't really say very much and allowed Paul Stastny to go in and, say many of the things that he needed to say. Um, but I do think that Blake Wheeler can be part of moving forward and part of the solution. But I right. do think to your point, I think it's important that it is in, and I'm not necessarily even going to say it a different role because I think whoever the coach is going to come in, he's going to be, he's going to have a clean slate and he'll look at the players that he has and try and put the roster together um, and compile it the way it gives them the best chance to win. Right. But from a, leadership perspective for it being like this is Paul Maurice always said, this is Blake's team. Uh, they need to make everyone feel like it is their team. It cannot be all about that. And I think Wheeler's sort of gotten that. And I think we've seen that over the last couple of months, at least, um, you know, even despite, you know, the back and forth that he had with Hamilton beforehand, I think that was a lot of the pressure of what was happening inside the room that maybe wasn't clearly obvious to everybody else manifesting itself in a guy that had a lot on his shoulders, whether or not he wears the C next year. I mean, I think that will be, I think that actually will be up for discussion, but I I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he could come in in a different role like that and still be an effective player for the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, I think that will be very important because even if you do make those changes to have a buy-in of a guy like that, I think we'll say a lot to the rest of the guys in the room that they are all on the same page. Once you, you know, kind of move on from some of the guys that they've been talking about that to use Paul uh, Stastny's quote, 
haven't respected their teammates and the other guys in the room, which is about as damning an indictment as I could possibly say about a player in a team sport like the National Hockey League. It is. And again, if if they're speaking this way publicly, as the player, as many players have, imagine what's being said privately. <laughs> uh, and again, like, I I would have paid, and that doesn't happen overnight, by the way, Mike. And oh. I think that's why we're we've seen what's happened with this season. We've heard these comments before. I mean, now it's just sort of coming out. And to be honest, it's been glaringly obvious to anyone yeah. that pays close attention to this team on and off the ice for a number of months. Yeah, clearly the culture's been broken, and in in a lot of ways, Haas, it reeks a bit of. You know, for too long, maybe the inmates were allowed to run the asylum, like to 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 coin a, a a phrase. You know, and and guys were maybe getting away with things. Guys weren't being held responsible for things. You know, leashes were really long, and it came back to kind of bite them. And now it's kind of rearing its ugly head. It's all bubbling to the surface, and it's not a good look, frankly, for the whole organization. Uh, one that I, I suspect, you know, is causing uh, no degree of uh, no shortage of strife and probably embarrassment. You know, we know this is an organization that prides itself on its brand, on its reputation. Well, right now that that brand, that reputation has taken a significant hit and uh, and much work remains to be done. But you're right. I mean, a guy like Blake Wheeler at this point. You know, he he may have to reinvent himself a little bit. I suspect there's a bunch of players uh, that are going to have to do that. And if it means, you know, accepting slightly different roles, uh, some of them it might mean accepting a a ticket out of town, right? Like uh, no stone should be left unturned. And uh, the hard work in the offseason has probably only gotten harder of what's happened in this last 24 hours. But uh, it should make for just, you know, an absolutely fascinating, riveting few months of debate and discussion here till the puck drops again in October. Turd Ferguson, let me in on the Stastny Ehlers text chain, please. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, Mike, before we go, we're going to hear uh, some of the comments from Kevin Sheveldayoff uh, that he had spoken just before we went on the air earlier today. Uh, but if you could, what did you uh, what did you take away from what Kevin Sheveldayoff had to say? There's been a lot of times where Chevy's come up and done some... Uh, verbal manipulation and hasn't really said a lot i mean uh, what did he say what did you take away from it and uh, what, what what can fans learn from what kevin shevoldayoff um, had for them uh, this afternoon well we were reminded once again that he's the brother of a politician because uh he, he certainly has that part down pat where he says a lot but doesn't really say very much um you know i i thought today huss not to pat us collective media on the back, but I actually thought the questions today, I thought there were some really good, pointed, direct, important questions, you know, that were that were thrown Kevin Sheveldayoff's way. Um, and I think he tried his best, you know, to to give a little bit of insight without giving away too much. Um, and so, you know, I I don't know that that he revealed any state secrets uh, today, um, and that's just not his style. And he's he's not about to change that. Of course, um, you know. I think to me, we're kind of past the point now of of you know the talk really is cheap around here. It really is. There's been a lot of talk 
um, you know, actions will speak louder than words. And we'll see, I guess, what kind of actions Kevin Shoveldayoff and his staff have planned this summer. But, um, you know, they have their work cut out for them uh, to not only repair the on-ice product, but repair the off-ice product. And I asked Kevin Shoveldayoff direct today, like, how much pressure are you feeling from your bosses uh, to, to get this right? Because this team, this organization, um, they took a big hit. And Kevin Shoveldayoff conceded that there is a lot of pressure. Uh, they feel it. They're part of the community. And they recognize that, um, that, that the situation today is a lot different than it was just a few years ago. So, you know, I, I, again, no bombshells were dropped by him. I wasn't expecting any. Um, but uh, it was an interesting 30-minute or so session, that's for sure, just based on the uh, the nature of some of the questions coming his way. I think if you compare that to maybe other garbage bag days in the past, uh, things were a little more a little more direct today, I'll put it that way. Uh, Mike McIntyre with this here. Hey, just one final one for you on the way out. Um, and again, I think I asked you, I don't know, two, three weeks ago when we were talking about this, as it became more and more apparent where this was heading, the chances of Mark Shifley getting traded. And I think you said something like 60% or 65, and I was a little higher for that. And frankly, I was just couching it because I certainly thought that that's what they needed to do, but I wasn't sure, depending on what happened, whether they would do it. To me, the writing's on the wall right now. How do you see this playing out? How long do you think it takes? And assuming that Mark Shifley is traded, what does that deal look like coming back for the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, I think and, I, and thoughts on the market for Shifley too. Some people speculate that what happened yesterday damages trade value. I actually think the other way around. I think yeah. the talent market, like it's not like this guy has. I, 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 I mean, in this market, people have watched him, and maybe the the opinion of Mark has gone down somewhat. I think it certainly has. But hey, his numbers and his results are the results, and if anything. I think there's maybe more general managers today thinking, hmm, maybe Mark Shifley would look good on our team than it was before. So I am actually not in the camp that, if anything, I think more people are talking about and the more people are interested, that might actually help a trade value of a key piece like 55. Well, starting with the percentages, turn my six upside down and make it a nine. That's uh, 90% is where I'd put the probability of a trade now. Um, and I only give a 10% sort of window of, of not trading them. If that were to happen, Huss, there'd have to be some massive damage control, uh, not only publicly, you know, what, what he would say and what others would say, but my goodness, in that room, um, I just, I think yesterday sealed his fate, frankly. Um, but I also don't think that puts the Jets in a position where, they're going to be taken to the cleaners by a team, you know, because again, this isn't a situation where Mark Scheifele is a UFA next summer where the jets are handcuffed now uh, because teams know they have them over a barrel. The jets have to move them or they risk losing them for nothing. No, he's signed for two more years. Um, the jets don't have to trade him immediately. And I think there would be a massive bidding war for a guy like Mark Scheifele for the reasons you just point out us. This is a guy who, by all accounts, those of us who watched him had a, a, a major off year. The engagement was perhaps at an all-time low at times from Mark Shifley, and he still put up 70 points in 67 games. He would have been close to a 90-point player had he played a full season. He can still go. 
He's in the prime of his career, as he said himself yesterday. If you don't believe it, just ask him. He'll tell you. Uh, you know, he's still a very good hockey player, and he's signed to a deal that would have other teams salivating. You know, his his price point is so reasonable. So, you know, again, if you're the Jets, you're not trading Mark Shifley for draft picks or top prospects. You need to get something or some things back that immediately can step in and help you win. And obviously that you can control, you know, cost control and, and term control. Um, but I do imagine that uh, that Mark Shifley on the open market would create a heck of a bidding war. For that reason, I don't expect something to happen really quick. Is it at the draft? I don't think the draft has to be a deadline by any stretch of the imagination, because again, I don't anticipate draft picks are part of a Mark Shifley mm -hmm. trait because this isn't a rebuild that's going on where you then be, you know, building for the future. But the draft, as we know, is where GMs are all under the same roof and a lot of business gets done. So, you know, I would circle the draft in early July. I think it's the seventh and eighth this year in Montreal. Um, but by no stretch of the imagination would I say it has to get done by then. I just think that that's when things mm -hmm. might certainly heat up around Mark Shifley. Some people in the chat are saying, well, I mean, the Jets Chevy doesn't rush into anything. They've got two years to trade him. I mean, no, I, th no. There's, th there's no way you have they this have drag months, on into they have four months to trade him. Yeah. They're, again, if, if you're trading him, um, if you're trading him, you're trading him before the season. You're not bringing that back into this situation. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, if the reason the reason you're trading him is because of the whole situation, it's not because you're losing him next summer for nothing. If you're trading him, it's because the situation has become untenable, and so you got to move him sooner rather than later, aka before next season starts. Well, this is why I've been, you know, we've been discussing it all season long. The potential that even with a lost season at the deadline, it wasn't out of the question. Is right. that? the value of Mark Shifley would have been at that point, three playoffs in two more years. Yeah. The minute you wait into another season or another, I mean, regardless of what's happening here. And I think we've kind of laid it out that some significant changes need to happen. And that's probably at the top of the list. The other thing is if then you're speaking about the value of the asset, um, you know, the more time he's not with this For new sure. team, the less of a value is. So, uh, I think it's pretty clear where we go from here. Uh, you got anything to write about tomorrow in the free press? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, Jeff Hamilton and I have the uh, have the team coverage uh, in the paper tomorrow, and a couple more days probably of some Jets uh, uh, post mortem stuff, and then uh, be shifting to a whole bunch of other things here for the immediate future. Going to do some Moose coverage coming up. Of course, their playoff series starts Friday. Uh, continue some Winnipeg Ice coverage. I uh, got some Gold Eyes stuff coming up. Some golf, some bombers, uh, no shortage of action. And, of course, we will continue to keep uh, a wayward eye on the Jets uh, throughout the offseason. Yeah, something tells me there'll still be a few Jets columns coming up. I, I don't think it's going to be dull around this hockey club, no. despite the fact that the uh, the season is over. We've got to wait till next year. Mike, thanks for doing this. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks, Huss. Enjoy there, the week. There it is. Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, we'll get to a few of Kevin Chivaldayoff's comments. Coming up in just a second. As I mentioned, May is here. Spring is, well, officially, it's going to be here a little later on this week. And uh, we're just about three weeks away from the first day of live racing at Assiniboia Downs. Can't wait to do that. But before we start speaking about live racing, we got the Derby coming up this week. Kirk Contois from Assiniboia Downs will join us coming up on Friday to get ready for the run for the Roses. 
Big thanks to our friends at Princess Auto and commend them on you know everything they did with the extended hours late into the wee hours for helping people deal with uh, another run of heavy rains and uh, flooding over the course. Princess Auto, of course, great sponsor of the Bombers and the Gold Eyes and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is over at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panit and Portage Avenue, or you can shop online 24-7, 365 over at Princess Auto. Well, the playoffs are here. We'll get to the playoffs and the cool bet lines coming up, but might be a great night to hook up with some fellas. And ladies, and get on down to a Boston Pizza Lounge to watch all of the playoff action for my money. Maybe the best two weeks of the season is the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We have some amazing series, and uh, you can watch them all on the big screen, along with some gourmet pizzas, Boston wings, ice-cold schooners. And if you're staying home, check out their great game day deals online at bostonpizza.com and order for home delivery. Our buddy DQ Nick was in the chat earlier today. I'm not sure whether he's still around, but uh, great to see him. And, of course, the Nick and Nikki DQ group and been waiting for spring and summer to come. It's always blizzard season in Winnipeg, but it's a little bit better when the sun's shining and the weather is nights outside. Uh, but in addition to the great taste of the blizzard in any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs, you're going to want to try the new Stack Burgers as well, which are drawing rave reviews. Visit them at the DQ Northgate, DQ Niverville, DQ Polo Park, or DQ St. Anne's. And all three Winnipeg locations right now available for delivery orders on all of the delivery apps. If you need a DQ cake for an upcoming event, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba, and they'll make sure they've got it ready for you as you wanted any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. All right. Um, Remo, listen, before we finish off this Jets conversation for today, um, let's hear a little bit from Kevin Chevaldayoff because um, it was reported Ken Weeb did it last night. Uh, that Kevin Sheveldayoff did have an extension, uh, but he spoke about the season, the decisions on the coaching staff, and more. Here's the first clip, Chevy, on his three-year extension to continue being the guy calling the shots for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, thanks very much. It's uh, you know it's an extension that we agreed to actually a little while ago, and um, obviously uh, we had some business to take care of with uh, some of my staff, and um, you know haven't really been one to you know announce uh, you know the terms of those, but. I think over the course of time here, I think we've you know built an organization that um, uh, you know has tried to compete for the the Stanley Cup over the last uh, couple of years, and um, you know again, I think that there's you know obviously lots of work to uh, to do here, continue to move forward, and and try and push this forward, and um, just uh, very fortunate that that I have the opportunity to uh, and the confidence and uh, from ownership to uh, to move that forward. Kevin Shevel day up, but we'll pick about a few of the of the key ones. Uh, well, I mean, obviously the the status of the coaching staff, um, you know, with Frank Saravelli's report this morning was um, also top of mind. Um, Kevin Shevel day up asked on uh, where he and the organization go as far as both head coach Dave Lowry as well as the assistants. So I met um, uh, you know late in the evening uh, after uh, you know everything had kind of uh, died down. I met with all the coaches. Um, so I informed them that um, we're going to be conducting a, uh, a full scale uh, interview process for a, a new head coach, 
And um, so I met with each of uh, them individually. I met with Dave and, and uh, you know, told him that as well and, and said to him uh, if he wanted to be part of, of that uh, formal search that uh, he had earned that opportunity. So, um, you know, we will grant him a, a formal interview process uh, in, in that regard. I met with all the assistant coaches as well and told them that, um, you know, again, we're going to go through this process and that uh, there's a, a chance that uh, they're, you know, part of that process moving forward when we finally select uh, a head coach but there's also a chance that it might not be there. All right, so full uh, full search for a head coach is um, what many people were hoping to hear, including staff, and that's what we got earlier today. Um, moving on to Mark Shifley, Sheveldayoff was asked about Mark Shifley's comments from yesterday that we spent quite a bit of time today discussing. Well, I hear, I, I heard a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of passion and I've heard a lot of passion from a lot of different guys uh, in, in many different situations. It wasn't just, you know, listening to him speak. I, I've, I've listened and, and heard uh, obviously through, you know, some of the uh, conversations that you, you have had with the, the players over the past week, but also getting a chance to speak to Nick. I don't think I've gotten through half of the guys yet, but um, through a lot of the guys and, 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 and you know, their thoughts and their, um, you know their meanings. Um, you know certainly with with respect to Mark. You know he he is he is a talented player. He's in the prime of his career. He is all those things that 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 he said he is. And and uh, he's a Winnipeg Jet. And and he wants to you know wants to win. And as as an organization, our vision is is you know we're going to have to take a little bit of a, a reassessment here to see where some of the things are at. But our goal is to win the Stanley Cup. We've we've been a cap team. We've been committed to that. We've signed guys long term. Um, you know obviously you wish the cap maybe was you know a little bit more in our favor with respect to over the last couple of years because we've probably been able to keep a few guys that 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 have become casualties of, of those things as well but that's the nature of the pandemic with the cap being you know being flat some of the maybe the legacy contracts didn't allow us to um, foreshadow where maybe we ran out of money so to speak um, to, to keep some other guys so the, that vision hasn't changed um, you know from a standpoint of, of wanting to win a Stanley Cup I'm just gonna have to come at it and, and look at it from a little bit of a different perspective after a setback uh, a year like this all right so uh, there's a little bit more of kevin shevel off passion was an interesting choice of words i'm not sure whether that's what i would have uh, chose to describe what mark shifley had yesterday uh but again as mike mentioned it's important to note that when kevin shevel off spoke today only half of the interviews were completed and mark shifley's had not taken place uh which made it interesting when he was uh, asked straight out if shifley has asked for a trade and just to clarify on Mark, he mentioned talking to his agent. Dave Lowry said yesterday that he has a decision to make. He's obviously under contract for two more years. Can you provide some insight into what has he asked for a trade? Yeah, no, he hasn't asked for a trade. I, 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 I'll have a conversation with him when, when, during the exit meeting here and I guess, you know, find some clarity. All right. So uh, he hasn't. But again, the exit meeting just yeah. about and uh, looking for some clarity this afternoon after speaking with uh, the uh, with the media. Yeah, real convenient, Chevy, not to <laughs> speak with Shifley uh, until after. I mean, come on, give us give us the info here. We're we're wondering. <laughs> Couldn't they have scheduled for the first one? I think it would be an urgent thing. Uh, then you can tell it, us. <laughs> now we're going to have to wait forever to know. Uh, I think we'll probably know relatively soon. Uh, it's Well, maybe not relatively soon. It might take a little while, but we're definitely going to know at some point how this one turns out. But um, are there any really many big questions after we heard from Mark yesterday? I doubt it. Um, Chevel Dayoff was asked about Paul Stastny's comments, which, as we mentioned with Mike, were some of the more jaw-dropping we've seen, talking about players needing to respect each other more. Um, you don't hear that very often. Here's what the GM had to say on that. 
I think, you know, when you come into seasons, everyone's goals are to you know, make the playoff. Paul, your first question to me all the time, is this going to be a playoff team? You know, like, are you guys going to make the playoffs? You want to put guys on record. You want to, they want to be on record to say this is a playoff team. Well, I, I don't think there's one guy in that room that didn't think it was going to be a playoff team. I think, you know, they're, they're, the, the level of disappointment is because, you know, we didn't even get beyond that. We didn't, you know, so... I think it goes back to the way I answered things earlier. Like the, the, the like, there's some teams they can say they're going to make the playoffs, and there's there's no shot that they're going to make it. You know, they got you know, obviously you're in that evolution of your of your franchise where you, you know, I shouldn't say no shot. Everyone's got a shot. You know, like because again, there, there's 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 strange things that happen. But this group here, I think, genuinely felt that they were supposed to be more and. Uh, I, I think that's why you get the, you know, the, the, the valley of the valleys of lows that, that we have here right now. Um, one other question that was uh, interesting and I think was important to be asked was, um, you know, about the leadership group overall, which, of course, Mark Shifley has been a big part of. Um, Chebeldayoff was asked on the le- about his leadership group and if it needs a change. When you heard uh, Mark talk yesterday, kind of a lot of individual, right? What's going to be best for me? What's going to be moving forward? He wears an A on this team. You saw over the year, you know, Blake, I mean, it's a burden to be the captain, but it seemed like it was weighing on him extra. He had a head coach lead because his message wouldn't get through. I'm wondering if there needs to be an internal look at the leadership group within this club and whether or not you'd be willing to go to a different voice than maybe the leaders you have now. Well, I think, again, uh, you know, there's going to be lots of conversations amongst, you know, whether it's the leadership group, whether it's, uh, you know, the other players, there's going to be, you know, lots of conversations uh, internally, um, you know, and, and just because I, I got an extension, like, there's going to be lots of conversations between the ownership and myself and, and asking, you know, where things where things went. I think there's 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 lots of. Um, you know, questions that everyone's going to you know want to answer. What what the course of action um, moving forward is going to be? That's that's what we need to take the time here to figure out and and um, you know make those hard decisions in that regard. All right, uh, you know we should get to the PLD question. Uh, one more TF but thirty seven, if you could, Remus. Um, it's funny because we I don't even know if we mentioned Pierre Luc Dubois once over the course of this show today. Um, I think it's clear that though that is number one priority as far as retaining players. And uh, Chevy was asked on uh, discussions with PLD where things are at. Uh, you know, very high. Obviously, um, you know, did have a chance to to, uh, to chat with PL this morning already. So we had a good, uh, uh, you know, we had a good candid, uh, you know, conversation. Um, you know, last year was such a weird year for him. Um, you know, we really didn't even get a chance to to sit down with each other until the uh, um, you know exits last year. So it, you know, it was it was it was interesting and refreshing to get his perspective on uh, on things this year after having uh, you know uh, one full year with uh, with the organization in a more normal setting. Um, and, you know, again, he knows uh, squarely where we stand, uh, you know, with respect to uh, what we think about him and, and, and what we'd like to accomplish. And, and um, you know, the business side of the game will have to take care of uh, itself. And, and uh, the, you know, this goes back to, you know, a lot of different things. The, the, the business side of the hockey is, is, is in a different state right now with respect to the flat cap and stuff like that and probably is going to increase over, over a period of time. So trying to have negotiations with players over short-term versus long-term and those type of things, there's, there's lots of things that come into play. Having indicated it would be not a short process, was that kind of the gist of your conversation with them too then, that it would take well, some time? Yeah, to you know, I, I assume so. I, again, uh, you know, the process in, in situations like this is, you know, he's a, he's a, an RB eligible player, so there's, there's, there's some... 
you know, I guess, uh, kind of, uh, you know, thought process and timeline, you know, in those kind of regards. But, um, you know, we got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do indeed <laughs> coming off this season, that's for sure. Uh, but Kevin Chevaldeff will be the guy making those moves. We discussed the three-year extension a little earlier, and Chevaldeff was asked about it. The final question he was asked uh, today we've got for you is, um, you know, from one of the members of the media asking, you know, as to the vote of confidence and uh, why he feels that he should be the guy moving forward after 11 seasons, no championships and limited success coming off a very disappointing season. Not a lot of uh, GMs stay with the same team as long as you have without like deep championship runs or titles. How do you view why you have this opportunity? Well, again, I think that, you know, these guys, um, you know, we, we, we've built a strong core that, you know, was a core that uh, everyone felt could compete. We've had, um, you know, we've had to make changes. We've had changes made. We've had Dustin Bufflin retire. You know, we had, um, you know, the different situations where we've had to, you know, move on from different guys from the cap. But we've also had situations where, you know, you've had guys like, um, you know, like Lowry that could have went to free agency that, that wanted to be a part of this and stay like Pionk that could have went to, you know, basically, uh, you know, got his way to free agency and, and, and chose to sign, a, you know, a contract that that we could fit in the cap. Like, there's 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 lots of good things that um, you know we've been able to accomplish, and you know we've been a team that that you know um, you know has pushed. And unfortunately, you know we uh, we hit a roadblock here right now, so we're going to have to find a different way to um, you know to to, to overcome that. All right, so there's the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, as we mentioned. You know, a little bit of tap dancing around a few things. Uh, the fact that he had not yet met with Mark Shifley at the moment of that interview, I think, was, um, you know, important to note from Mike. Uh, but, Remo, come on back in here for a minute. Uh, a, a pretty extraordinary 24 hours around this hockey club. Um, but really... I mean, so much of this has been echoed by players over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I thought Paul Stastny's comments yesterday were maybe the biggest indictment of what was happening within that locker room. And, uh, you know, the fact that Mark Shifley talked about himself and that he needs to hear what's going forward, I think pretty much tells you all you need to know about the direction that this is going into the offseason. Yeah, I joked to the start of the show. I mean, if you like reality TV drama, well, come to the Winnipeg Jets season. Um, coach walks out, you, know, you replace him with one of the players' dads, which you've never really seen before. You know, you're, a, you're one of your stars, your top-line center, you know, hints at uh, wanting a trade. You got the Wiley veteran, Paul Stasny, calling him out in a press conference. Um, so, I mean, th- I mean, that's just the drama. We did have some highlights of the season as well. Um, you know, we've talked about, with last week, Eric Comrie's emergence, uh, Kyle Connors' breakout all-star season where... I don't want to hear him being underrated anymore. I never want to hear it. He was like top among the leaders in goals at a record uh, season as far as for Jets 2.0 in terms of goals and points. But as far as team success, uh, fallen short. It was incredibly disappointing uh, from what we thought. And I think when Connor Hellebuck called them a dynasty uh, going for you know, in the preseason, I don't think this was what he had in mind. So uh, it's going to be fascinating. I'm here for it, and we have had close to record numbers here in the show. It's among there with one of our, mm. our top shows ever. So interest mm. among the team uh, remains very high. By and, the way, uh, yeah. 
By the way, and I know we, I mean, we're not going to spend much time on these games other than to uh, congratulate Dennis Bayak for a great career and finishing up on the weekend. Mm -hmm. AFC, though, did get 47 yesterday, a game winner to finish up. He's got to be a shoe in for the Lady Bing trophy, right? And you heard four four penalty minutes all season long. I'd like to go back. I'm trying to think of like, what were his two penalties all season long? We should go, should I go like track him down? Does that Bruder film? We can break down the tape of Kyle Connor's two penalties. But uh, listen, there were a number of players that did have great mm. seasons. He was at the top of the list oh. right now. Uh, but it's a team game. And unfortunately, the team didn't get the results. You knew there was more to it than, um, you know, maybe what we were seeing in front of our eyes, eyes each and every night. And we heard a lot about it. And it's just going to set up for that much more of a uh, very, very interesting offseason. Hey, uh, we'll continue this. Hammer's going to join us tomorrow. I imagine this topic is going to dominate. Uh, the program this week although i will mention we've got moose playoffs we've got ice playoffs the ice congratulations moving on to the second round tough end in what triple ot last night for the brandon wheat kings um they're out was really hoping for a, a battle of manitoba carson lambos though will get us ready for round two he's going to join us tomorrow on the program and we'll certainly tee up the moose a little later on this week uh but remo we do have Stanley Cup playoff action beginning tonight. Might be a great night to uh, kick back with a few ready-to-drink Canadian club and ginger ales from our friends over at CC. The CC and ginger will be the drink of the summer. It's available uh, at your local beer stores as well as Manitoba Liquor Marts. And uh, check out the CC display at 26 Liquor Marts this year, or this, this week and this month. Hit a free can of the CC and ginger with any Canadian club purchase to try it. Or you can just pick up a six pack or singles at your local beer store. Congratulations to our big winners in the marble race on Friday. We'll do another one and have some great prizing courtesy of our friends at Canadian club on Friday afternoon. Now, listen, before we finish up the program, we do have to get to the fact that 16 teams are beginning the quest for the Stanley cup tonight. Let's take a quick look at the cool bet lines this evening. Um, We've got, Boston and the Hurricanes at 6 p.m. Carolina, minus 119 favorite. Bruins, even money, or plus 101. 6.30, it's the Lightning and the Maple Leafs. Leafs, minus 130 at home. Lightning, plus 112. Cannot wait for this Blues Wild Series to get going tonight. They're at the XL Energy Center in the Twin Cities. Minnesota, minus 139. Blues, plus 119. And the finale this evening is the Kings and the Edmonton Oilers. Rick's all going to be rocking, or I guess it's now the Rogers Arena. Minus 192 for the Oilers, plus 162 for the Kings. Before we finish up here, uh, any thoughts on the playoffs? I will let people know Dustin Nielsen and I cranked out a quick playoff lock shop edition with our picks in the East and the West. A few games tonight, some of the picks we liked over, under, a number of games. But, uh, Remo, what uh, what are your thoughts right now heading in? Have you uh, have you made a fat wager on your Stanley Cup champion? Any series bets? What's going on? I haven't really done anything. Um, I was doing some playoff best ball drafts yesterday mm-hmm. on uh, on Underdog. I don't know if anyone does that. I did do a bracket challenge. I'll tell you who I'm on. Here's my bracket. I'm unveiling it. Oh, I filled it out last night very quickly. All right, come judge me. Here we go. Uh, I have Calgary over Carolina in the cup final. Um, I'm picking Colorado over Nashville, Minnesota over St. Louis. LA is my upset pick in round one. Oh, wow. Um, I think Edmonton, I know they're playing really well lately. Um, 
I think Phil Deno, he's elite, elite player defensively. He's going to shut them down. We saw what the Jets did to Edmonton last year in the playoffs. I'm going, sorry, Leafs fans going Tampa. I think I had them in seven. Florida over Washington, Carolina over Boston. I got in Carolina over the Rangers. So um, I don't know if this is a chalk bracket. I think it's hard to go Who against Who did you have winning, Colorado. Calgary or Carolina? I, oh, I think I have Calgary. I have Calgary as the cup champions. You know what? I'm on Calgary so as good. well. And I'll tell you what, those, if you think back to our shows and I did a lock shop, jumped on with Meany, we talked about it at the all-star break, Carolina, 12 to one, Calgary, 23 to one. <laughs> and uh, that looks pretty good to me. Although I'm actually riding with Tampa in the, in the, uh, in the East. I think that Andre Vasilevsky is, is the key um, for them. I mean, I think they're very close. I mean, Tam- Toronto's going to give them a run. Uh, but when you look at Vasilevsky, what he's done in the past, the experience in that room, John Cooper having won two cups before, I just think that they were going to be a really, really tough out. Um, and I'm not sure whether Sergei Bobrovsky can give the sort of goaltending to Florida that they're going to need um, to get out. So I do like Tampa on the one side, and I'm with you on Calgary. Been with them for, I've been on them for uh, the better part of the second half of this season. As we mentioned, 23-1 to 1 at the All-Star break. Um, Jacob Markstrom, big. And I did make a couple wagers on Con Smythe. If you like Calgary, Markstrom at 30 to 1 and Elias Lindholm at 30 to 1. I think real good value if you do like Calgary to win. Calgary right now, 8 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, all the odds for tonight's game are there, and you still have until 6 p.m. to start getting on the year series prices for a few of them, as well as the NHL season bets right now. But we can tell you the Avalanche are the favorite at three plus three fifty to win the cup. Panthers plus five fifty. The Toronto Maple Leafs plus seven twenty-five. Calgary eight to one. Lightning eleven to one. Flames twelve to one. Oilers eighteen. And the Rangers, Bruins, and Wild all at two hundred. The longest shot is the Nashville Predators and LA Kings at sixty to one. Dallas at fifty-five. Caps thirty-seven. And then uh, 25 for the Blues and a Penguins. Um, you know, packed show today. Thanks to everyone that's been with us. <clears throat> By the way, if you're playing a cool bet, use the promo code WST. If you haven't played there before, give you a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your initial deposit. And as eventful t- as uh, the last 24 hours, Reem, have been in this show today, um, you have to think that this is just getting started. Oh, we knew this would be the most significant offseason since the Jets came back in 2.0 history. It got started off with a bang, and uh, I imagine these conversations about where the team goes from here and specifically about Mark Shifley's future and potential trade returns for their longtime number one center will continue to be top of mind and top of the docket on this program as uh, we get into this offseason. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of comments. Get in a Shifley, uh, Shifley trade, you know, speculation. Who can we expect to get? Get in a, who's your list for coaching? We got to, got to do a slow burn here. We got a lot of time <laughs> to get to all this stuff. We got, well, the, the playoffs just started. It's May, uh, free agency in July. Um, we don't need to blow our whole wad uh, early on. Let's get to recapping what was said, and then we can start uh, getting trust deeper me, into trust all me, that. Trust me, folks. Uh, tomorrow's program, Hamilton will be on. We'll get his reaction to what's happened. Mm. We'll start talking about those things. Marat will be on with us this week. Uh, we'll talk to Rowicki. We'll talk to Kenny Weeb. We'll maybe see if Rennie and Billick want to jump on as well. So uh, there will be no shortage of topics. Uh, well, no, a topic, but no shortage of discussion yeah. on that. Um, and we will dig into some potential 
um, you know, landing spots for Mark Shifley. And most importantly, regardless of where he goes, what the, what would make sense for the Winnipeg Jets to bring back and what's realistic um, on a player with the numbers that Mark Shifley has in the situation that he is in with two years left on a very affordable contract considering his production so far. So, uh, yeah, lots for us. And again, CFL draft tomorrow is going to be happening. We got the ice and moose playoffs. So, um, if you haven't been a regular up until this point, become a regular, whether you're listening on the podcast or join us every day at one o'clock, shout out to everyone that's with us and make sure you hit that thumbs up button. And if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, it's free. It's easy. Hit that red subscribe button and join us tomorrow as we get right back into it at one o'clock here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah, if Shifley's on the roster come training camp, you think he sits down day one and says, well, I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> Shout out to uh, Eric in the chat who mentioned that one. Then he says, then he follows it up with, hey, even Gretzky got traded, right? Isn't that what he would say first day? Um, you know, that's well, a reference I'll to I'll tell you lining. what, if it, does, if it does end up that this is Mark Shifley's final game in that game against Ottawa where he got injured, and this was Mark Shifley's final media address as a member of the Winnipeg Jets, it'll be incredibly interesting to compare the end of Patrick Line and Mark Shifley here in Winnipeg, especially considering what was afforded the both of them, their spot on the team, how they were treated. Um, you know, Patrick Line did exactly that. I'm here, aren't I? Went out. And Patrick, Patrick Line, my last remembrance of the Winnipeg Jet, Patrick Line as a Jet, was being the best player on the ice in the opening game of the season against Calgary and scoring the overtime winner. And there's a good possibility that our final memories of Mark Scheifele would be this incredibly disappointing season, wondering, um, you know, where the given F factor was for the majority of the season. And then uh, what we'll probably remember here in Winnipeg for a long time is somewhat of a notorious press conference where it was all about him and not about the team. That being said, um, I'm here for it. it. Gives us lots to talk about here on Winnipeg Sports Talk as we get into a very, very interesting off season. We do have, I will try my mind. I mean, we do have um, people are like, what are you going to talk about here? You know, now that the Jets are done. But we do have uh, the ice and the moose. Lambos coming on tomorrow. Uh, Daniel Fink texted me last week about having some moose uh, content as well this week. So we'll be touching on that. Their playoffs starting Friday. And we even mentioned Stamberg and Barron sent down today. They will be participating. And yeah, CFL draft, bomber training camp, uh, a lot of stuff around the corner. So, uh, Great to see so many people interested in chat today. This has been one of that the most said, most fun shows that we've had. Yeah, that being said, and you were all right, and we've mentioned that, there will be a number of other things to talk about. I'm not sure there'll be a day that goes by where we don't talk about the latest on the Winnipeg Jets in this offseason with so many of our regulars and, of course, to all of you. Thanks to everyone that came out today. Great performance in the chat. Awesome stuff. Uh, folks, uh, if you're with us live on YouTube, head on over to KNR. Tell them hi from the boys at WST. They're doing a little bit of a, a season wrap-up as well. And I know the Illegal Curve guys are doing it tonight as well. A little bit later on, I believe 8 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. Check their channel. Dennis Bayak's going to jump on with them. So you're not going to want to miss that. We'll look forward to having Dennis on at some point in the very near future as well. Uh, huge thanks to all of our sponsors. Great to have Assiniboia Downs back on board. Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Wallace & Wallace. F Apparel. Vita Health Fresh Market. Culligan, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Band, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, 
Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course our betting partners at Cool Bet Canada. Going to go get some wagers in. Oh, and pay my taxes before the end of the day, mm -hmm. and then get ready for some playoff hockey tonight. Great to be back here in Winnipeg after an awesome week in Vegas. Once again, thanks to our friends at the D Hotel and Circa for the incredible hospitality. Working on something special for a Vegas trip next year with Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners. We'll tell you more about that in the months to come. But uh, get on back here 1 p.m. tomorrow. More on the aftermath of the Winnipeg Jets season and everything that's transpired in the last 24 hours. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.